Hey everybody, welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Marty. I'm Roger Lightwood. Hey, Tommy J here down in uh, Southern California. Our special guest today is our friend Ray. And Ray has some interesting stories about his uh, uh, use of uh, medical marijuana to help his lifestyle. And who knows what else we might get out to him. Uh, Ray, would you like to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, give me uh, one second here. I just wanted to say, so we originally were going to have Wayne Justman on the on the line, and uh, we tried for an hour and a half to try and get his microphone and stuff to work and everything on his uh, laptop, and it just would not work. We could not get it to work. So try as we might, we could not get it. So. Uh, Roger was kind enough to find us another uh, a really awesome guest for this evening. So uh, we will get Wayne on the show here in the next week, you know, upcoming week here. It's just a uh, last minute technical problem. So. Well, all right. Go ahead, Roger. That, you're on that. Would you like to tell us about other potential future guests we're all excited about? Oh, yeah. So we're going to have a, a weekend. We're, probably, we're thinking we're probably going to do a weekend show. Uh, when we do the Jorge Cervantes will be on the show soon. Um, and again, he's in Spain, so uh, we're probably going to do a really early episode. It'll probably be like 9 a.m. Pacific or 12 p.m. Eastern, something like that on a Saturday. Or eight, maybe even 8 a.m. We're going to figure it out. That's uh, late for me. That's when I usually go to bed, so I'll be able to hang for that. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be good. Um, again, just because of the whack time zones. <laughs> Our normal our normal start time is three a three thirty a.m. Uh, his time, so he we can't you know join us on our normal time. We have to go to Spanibus next year. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We have to do one of them startup things. Get everybody to give us money to go to Spanibus and make videos. <laughs> All right, Ray. Well, you done, Steve? <laughs> yep. Go ahead. Okay, well, oh, I, so Ray, you have the floor, my friend. You okay, know, well, I, I guess most of these guys don't know me, and uh, I'm from uh, British Columbia, Canada, which you'll probably get enough chuckles as is, because I know how everybody feels about Canadians. Um, you're really polite. <laughs> yeah, that you're polite and have relatively good weed. Thing I love about Relatively. They, they pay twenty dollars a gram. Wait, what? What's the problem? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Ray. You know, there's a tendency for us all to cut up, so don't be offended. I know you won't be, but uh, yeah, we've already hit it. We're we're all in rare form tonight. We're ready to go. So. Oh, I'm I'm assuming you guys are. You usually start a little earlier, so I was surprised to get the call tonight. Well, you're on the West Coast with them. I'm on the East Coast. You guys are always bitching about it being late, and here I am. It's like, I go, oh, I got, I'm so late. I got to eat and do this. It's like 9:30 in California. It's 12:30 here, and they're, they're, you know, so, you know. But you're over there with them, or a little farther. But yeah, why don't you tell us about how you and your wife met and everything? It was a, such a cool story the other night that I, that's what it, you know. I said, yeah, you'd be the perfect, you know you know, surprise guest if we needed one. And, you know, so here you are. So, Oh, I, I'm a surprise guest. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I grew up on Vancouver Island originally. And, uh, 
I decided to move further north, so I actually live uh, in in central BC or north central BC, uh, pretty much dead dead in the center of BC, halfway between uh, Alaska and Seattle, kind of thing. Um, well, it's it's a nice balmy uh, seven Fahrenheit outside tonight. Um, yeah, <laughs> just finished snowing for the last two days. Yeah, I know. I'm converting. The, the missus is telling me it's minus 25. I'm going, no, I'm converting to Fahrenheit for you. <laughs> uh, it's very good. Thank you, because Americans can't do that. <laughs> Otherwise, Roger would have had to Google it. It would have been a whole thing. Yeah. We just, yeah. we don't have that kind of brain. Oh, well, I'm sure you guys can figure it out, but it's so much easier just to say it, right? <laughs> whenever, whenever I need that answer, I call a Canadian. We appreciate it. <laughs> there you go. Sporting already, guys. Um, I moved up north because I had uh, chronic back problems to, to start with. Uh, at, at about 21, I was basically told I'd be in a wheelchair by the time I'm in my 30s after I uh, screwed up my lower spine. So I, I moved to a cold, dry climate as opposed to a hot, dry climate. Um, my whole life, I've been around growing. It's my dad's grown my whole life, so I've I've seen it my whole life. It's, it's, uh, I, I'm basically in a family of growers, as weird as it may seem. Um, both, both me, my dad, and my uncle all grow. Um, we're all located in different places throughout BC, of course. Uh, yeah. Of course, the missus has to pipe in and say, yeah, I smoke myself allergic. <laughs> <laughs> But so, we're, we're, uh, we're working on that because I I've got some nice bubble gum that she's gonna be trying when I get that out of the press. But we'll see. How, uh, so tell us about uh, what it's like to grow up in Canada. We haven't really had a guest talk about growing up in the Canadian market. Well, we're pretty much we're pretty much all indoors up north where I am, right? Because uh, well, even even during our summer temperatures, it still drops to the fifties at night easily. Um, yeah. Plus, you, I'm sure you have limited light as well that hits at such an angle too that even even if you uh, even if you did have temperatures, it would be a very short growing season, or I guess very long growing season, depending on when you what kind of plants you were planting. If you could plant really early, where you had really long days, because yeah. you have really really long days and really short days, right? It's like a big swing. Um, no, we're not not quite that far north, but our our temperature zone. I mean, uh, last last year I had my outside garden, which is just plants and veggies. But I we still had freeze or we still had ice and snow coming in late May, so and early mm -hmm. April. So it's uh, gives you gives you a rough idea how cold it is outside. And and by September, I mean by the end of September here, I'm I'm looking at minus minus 10 celsius so 30s 40s it's just too cold to grow outdoors you get such a short season you're you're either auto flower or nothing right right and uh i grow kind of weird myself in that uh i i built a shed and my entire grow space is heated by my lights there is no no supplemental heat no nothing it's all everything is heated by my lights um I'm, I'm still a very classic uh, HID grower. Uh, I keep 
we keep looking at LEDs, but for me, they just won't work yet. They don't produce enough heat. Um, and that was the biggest thing with Ray is why he doesn't do LEDs is because he needs the heat yeah. that's generated the from the HID in that yeah, cold environment. The, the ceramic metal halide. I actually, I actually grow with LECs, so I grow with uh, ceramic metal halides. That's what yeah, I do. Yeah, there you with. go. You got the heat and you got the and the temperatures you're looking for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. And I mean, uh, when I woke up this morning and it was, uh, oh, minus minus one Fahrenheit, uh, and I walk into my shed and go to my plants and they're sitting comfortably at seventy two Fahrenheit, then I'm a happy camper. <laughs> it's pretty much. Uh, I, I grow perpetual, so I run a three three light rotation. Um, my my plants and veg are basically mothers. Uh, any of my mothers are uh, as they as they progress in age and get to a certain point, I'll clone off them and uh, either save the clone and restart as a new mother, or I'll or I'll flower out and hydro using uh, my clones. But uh, no, I I love growing. It's I I don't know what it is about it. It's it's peaceful. It's relaxing. It's what I love to do. It's it's definitely yeah. The business says it's it's a hobby for me. I I don't know. I I spend more money on it than I'd ever make from it. So <laughs> so how affect your health? You were mentioning some stuff about. Um, your your personal relationship with the plant uh i mean i know that's an awesome relationship with the plant growing and i, I haven't had a garden in a while but i, I missed that side of it but yeah. what, what was it you were alluding to earlier with uh your your your, your body and, and the plant i had i had chronic uh sciatica i still get fits of it uh my my lower spine is actually fusing <sighs> and uh has been for years so if i don't stay active and moving i i tend not to be able to stay active and move um so so for me uh it's it's something that keeps me away from using uh pharmaceuticals and drugs in general it's it's a much easier way to go about things i mean after when i is pretty much as soon as i left the coast the moist all the moist air i was almost almost functional again and uh off all the pharmaceuticals that of, co of course doctors love to prescribe and they love to tell you that hey you should just give up and apply for disability and sit on your ass for the rest of your life um and and to me i i just never saw the appeal to that yeah. um, i ain't i ain't done living till i throw dirt on my face yeah, well, no, I'm going to say something. I don't want to spill any beans, but Ray's a hard-working son of a bitch. He works every freaking day when it's warming up, and they got a contract to work. He works his ass off, so he's not just on disability or something either. He's a, you know, he's a in a very vigorous and hard, uh, tedious job. You know, just I just wanted to throw that out there, real quick. I mean, I I root for a living. That's what I do. I roof for a living, and I I work in construction. Uh, my job isn't mild on the body. It's hard on the body. Most most people we bring in uh, don't make it past the third day. Um, what can I say? I, my whole crew smokes weed. 
nothing wrong with that. I mean, my boss, my boss buys off me. <coughs> so it's, it's kind of ironic how that works, but at the same point in time, it's, it's a pretty laid back and comfortable environment, but he, he's, he's in no better shape than I am. He, he can't, he doesn't move until he's smoked a few in the day. Yeah, I, I found the uh, the anti-inflammatory and the analgesic effects that you get from different strains of cannabis really help your body get to moving. They don't always deal with the pain. Yeah. But you at least feel like getting off the goddamn couch. Yeah, and and that's it. I mean, you, you learn how to cope with the pain, but at the same point in time, it, it's, to, it's to loosen up and be able to move and right. convince yourself you can move. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't always about killing the pain and numbing the pain. It's always, it's, it's getting about back in the game, getting back, getting in, the back game. in the game. It's yeah. taking the edge off so that you're willing to do it. And that's, that's the part a lot of people miss. Uh, I believe we had a guy on our forum today, uh, as, as Roger mentioned, I, I work on with him on uh, ILGM there. Uh, we had a guy on, the forum the other day that's that said the same thing i i, I like weed but i don't smoke it <laughs> and he wants to learn how to grow he doesn't smoke weed he wants something that doesn't get him high and doesn't get him heady and he's it's the same thing he's looking more for the medical aspects of it and i think that's that's where everything's going to allude to in the end is less about getting high and more about making making a person function uh, being able to function, feeling sharp in the head with, or feeling sharp in the body without feeling dumb in the mind, in essence. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm dumb dumb I, I don't need to be stoned and to get stupider. Well, well, some people do. They get you. Yeah, my, that's my boss's excuse whenever he forgets anything. Yeah. What do you want to say, Marty? <laughs> Well, I was just saying that there's so many, like, you know, it's a little bit, I feel like so many people generalize when you talk to people that don't smoke a lot or at all, and they're yeah. like, weed makes me feel this. And I'm yeah. like, oh, well, wait, that's like, what, like the one time you smoked in high school, like what, like brickweed <laughs> from Mexico, or are we talking sativa, indica, like gassy, is lemony, you know, like, there's like, what, 2,000 registered strains now or some shit like that and more all the time. So I just feel like. Exactly. It gets typecast. It's, yeah. You know, so I tried alcohol once. <laughs> well, part of, the, part of the other thing is, too, is that people smoke it or, or ingest it however they do, whether they vaporize it or they smoke it first or make a concentrate or a coconut oil or whatever they do, a bubble hash. They, In the end, they, they, they have to realize that you are going to feel different. It's a new experience. You're not on Vicodin. You're now ingesting cannabis or cannabinoids and THC and CBDs. You're not it's not going to make you feel like every day. If you take it and give it a chance, you will see, and you're open-minded, you'll see relief from the pain. And then you'll be able to control it in your own time and your own, uh, you know, acceptance of the medications and what's available from a cannabis plant. And it's not just a one-directional thing. 
Right. And for me, like the delivery became important as well, not just like the strain, but also how I was consuming it. So, um, you know, I stopped combusting pretty much all together. Like every once in a while, I'll smoke a joint. Um, I have a little bubbler that I, but I'll keep it really clean. And the reason is because I personally have issues with mold. If I like, if there's mold in the house, like I'll, I'll start sneezing just like over and over and over again. My record is 26, by the way, like back to back to back to back to back to back. And it's not fun. Trust me, by the time you hit like 15, you just want to be done. Yeah. You can't yeah. breathe. Yeah. yeah. Like you're like, I'm just going to slam my head against the wall until I pass out because it'd be more fun than sneezing again. Um, and that's pretty much like 15 through 26. But uh, <clears throat> so like I, I have severe mold um, allergies. So what I have to do, it, like if I... I'm smoking out of a normal bong, like I would normally have be combusting. Now I use a vaporizer and I'm able to use that. And I don't yeah. get any plant material in here. So it doesn't um, start molding. And in case you're wondering, inside of about uh, 20 to 40 hours, somewhere in there, it's going to start. If you had get any, even just a little bit of green plant material down in there and your temperature is say like room temperature around you know, 65 to 75 degrees, it's going to start forming the basis of mold that quick. So I was having to, like, I was having, uh, like, severe lung issues, like congestion, coughing, wheezing, like, just all kinds of uh, different problems. And, of course, the doctor told me I was allergic to weed. That was his solution to it and uh have you um have you thought about putting peroxide in your bone because the ox or oxygen wouldn't hurt you right so yeah and you can definitely um do that if you if you're still doing it but i don't have any issues vaporizing um like all of that has gone away uh with that so i don't really combust anymore and if i do combust i just make sure it's really clean um in that and so i feel like there's a there's a wide variety of different things that come with how you smoke and what you're using it for. Cause I have lower back issues myself is one of the reasons in um, shoulder issues as a motorcycle accident. And um, this shoulder here just always has issues. And then um, my lower back on the other side. And uh, so making a topical cream, uh, a lotion out of uh, with coconut oil, um, and uh, distilled cannabis oil, and uh, um, what else we put in there? Some wax, I think. There's a there's a few different things we put in there. I have to look it up, but um, so I make a big batch of it, and it lasts me quite a while. And uh, I find that that um, helps with uh, my muscle pain more than uh, than even just smoking, other than the temporary relief. Yeah, I would say like just vaporizing might take me from like an eight to a five. But if I, if I use the lotion relatively religiously, I can get it down to like a three or even a two. And so uh, not only different strains, but also how, how you consume it can make a difference, whether you're experiencing negative issues uh, like I was with my lungs, or if you're just looking for more relief than you're already getting, you know, you can switch it up like a Tommy's, uh, Decarbolax, decarboloxation, can't talk. But uh, um, if you go go through that and you learn how to make some some good topical lotion and are able to put that on, that can do it. Tinctures are amazing, which are basically, you know, like uh, 
you know, like drops you can put under your tongue. And uh, Steve and Tommy, I feel like they have this uh, powder now, this sublingual powder that you can basically use similar to a tincture. And uh, I find this um, to be really good for controlling pain because it's um, for an edible or a tincture or whatever you want to call it, uh, a non-inhalant. I don't know how to classify this. Maybe Tommy can help it, it, it but we just call it easy dose powder. It's a medible. Well, I wouldn't call it an edible because you don't want to swallow it. It absorbs better. It's a medible. Right, right, Tommy? Doesn't yeah, it absorb better in your mouth than digested? It's an extra process. We, we take a, a very highly bioavailable oil and we do an extra process to let you absorb it sublingually. Right. So what you really want to do is put it under your tongue and let it stay there for two to three minutes. I know that's crazy sounding. But you do that, you're a happy thinker. Right. Uh, and, and it does get dry, so I recommend that you, you drink something first <laughs> so that uh, uh, it doesn't dry out. But I do find that, that that's a, a great delivery method as well. And it doesn't last as long either. So if you're looking for something to use, like, you know, even while you were at work, you know, I think this would, this would be great because, you know, you have no smell. No, you know, there's no, you don't need to bring a piece with you. There's no... You know, and you can go to the bathroom, you know, put some under your tongue, walk around, whatever you need to do. I feel like there's a there's a level of convenience, especially with uh, consumption being illegal still, even in legal states. Uh, you know, you still can't do it in public at all. So, you know, I uh, I took one when I went to see Star Wars. That's where I took the other uh, the other last packet I had was uh, when I went to see Star Wars. So I could uh, pop that right before the before the movie rolled. That was, that, was, that was great. I won't give any spoilers if anybody hasn't seen it. Don't worry. But good. The powder was good. Spoiler. There you go. Well, I see we have some more company. Yep. Yeah, we have a David Brain Grow. Yep. And Hog is back too. Yeah. That's it. Well, that's, yeah. What's up, guys? How's it going? What's up, Brain? Hey, Brain Grow. So Raymond, have you tried experimenting with anything besides like uh, combusting or any of that? I I actually just purchased uh, a closed loop extraction system at the start of the the month, so I've been making my own chatter lately, which is well, cool. which is vaping, right? And yes, of course you end up with waxes and byproducts too but the byproducts are still good for edibles and everything else so it's not mm. i'm not losing anything i actually get a higher return because because of the fact that all my shake and everything else is used in the process it's 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 different than just making straight bho and that i recover uh because i'm gassing I, i'm i basically autoclaving my gas to extract the gas under a vacuum so I'm I'm recovering almost 95 to in the high 90s percent of the butane from it, rather than it having a, a really uh, chemical taste to it. And then then I'm using good good refined butane, not not buying cheap 7-Eleven brand crap that they got behind the counters <laughs> for your lighters, of course. Are you, are you, are you please distilling don't get it? Me started. Please don't get me started, please. Yeah. Are you are you 
Are you redistilling it before you use it the first time? Yes, actually, I did that the first time around so that I could run it through and get rid of the mystery oil in the bottom of the cans. He knows. Thank you. Thank you. He knows. Yeah. Yes. yeah, Tommy, you have a thing about you tonight, Tommy. Just calm for, down there, buddy. I, I, I did torture one for a living. I, I work with propane all the time. <laughs> I work with propane all the time, so I expect oils and waxes and all sorts of other stuff yep. and any any gas I buy. It doesn't you, matter what it is. I don't care if it's medical. You you redistill it yourself. Yeah. Excellent, yep. sir. Thank, thank you. 100% respect. Yep, just to recap, though, for anyone that is doing any distilling or, yeah. or any kind of extraction at home, always redistill your solvents before using them the first time, even twice, um, to make sure you get all those mystery oils out because you'd be surprised what kind of weird crap is in it. Yeah. It adds weight to your final yield, but it's not the kind of weight you want. Nope. <laughs> not no, healthy. It's that foul stuff that they put in it so that, it, that you can smell it in the air is what it is. No, there's, there's more to it than that. In, in the process of getting the chemicals through all the equipment into the containers that you can buy it, yeah. honest to God, it requires lubrication. Yes. But when you get it in the lab, you, don't you need have it. to understand that you clean the lubrication out and then you have your true product to work with. Cool, cool. So how about that? Gave Tommy something to get all excited about. I we I we've done a couple podcasts where everybody that. we've done podcasts where you know Tommy was and and uh, Dorian were all expl uh, very explanatory about the fact of what butane does and how to almost like make your own butane and like redistilling it and all. So yeah, it, it was yeah. good that that came up tonight. That's a perfect thing to readdress. Well, you know, to and it stretches the show a little too. <laughs> uh, just let Tommy get yeah, on the safety rant. Safety information you know. is always good to reiterate to the people. Yep, excellent. Yep. Yes, that that's right. Don't do any of that crap indoors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of really bad press about some of the solvents that are used. I, I have my own objections to them based on what they're pulling out of the plant. I'm looking for something different. Yeah. But that's just like wine snob stuff. I'm not going to go you know, off into that. But treated treated properly, they can be very effective solvents uh, working with cannabis or any number of different you know, plant materials that you're, you're experimenting with. It's just if you're going to do this stuff, slow down. You know, really, really read, really research, yeah. do it right, do it respectfully, especially. And this is, I think, where everybody on this show is above and beyond dedicated to, especially if you're talking about somebody's medicine. If, yeah. it's, if it's somebody who's huffing those nitrous oxide things in paper bags down by the 7-Eleven, and they just want to hit whatever shit they can get out of you, yeah, yeah it's a different thing. But a lot of us deal with people's medicine, and that, that's a whole different level of respect and self-respect. And, and that's, I think, the point that's made here, you know, and what we all care about is, yes, you can work with those things, but really step up, clean, clean your solvents, you know, put it in real stainless steel. Don't use the, you know, the, the cheap-ass uh, 
tanks, you know, when, you, when you're transferring things. Slow down. It's okay to take 12 hours for something you can do in four if it means that you're not going to poison your end medical Make it cure. You know, little things like that, you know, uh, be good humans. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, I got all excited. Yes, Roger, I do get uppity about this. Uh, no, I love it. No, I here's, you a, here's a brand new person to the show, and they've <laughs> already understood that and dedicated themselves to that. I get really excited when I hear that. Well, well it's fairly easy yeah. for me. I mean, uh, all my clients are people I work with or family. So Perfect. it's really Perfect. simple on that point. Mm -hmm. Perfect. It's not, uh, I don't look Good. for strangers to give anything to or... So, so to me, if my uncle wants something off me, well. <laughs> but, but one thing you missed there, Tommy, that I'm real big about is we always want to make sure we tell everybody up front, don't blow your ass up with this shit. See, because you can blow your ass up if you try to do your solvents. You better read up, like Tommy said, read and read. And I used to post things with big yellow banners go, with X's going, warning, you know, don't blow your ass up. You know, and we also, Roger, we also always offer the recipes, full 100% disclosure, yep. how to do this safely in coconut oil that actually we defy people for medicine users. We'll see. Buy I agree. A better recipe, and there is nothing safer that any of us knows. I agree oh, with the coconut oh. oil because now that I got to sample a little bit of it, oh. and it wasn't done to the perfection of the recipe you've got that you told us about, um, but it worked so well at the you know like I say an eighty percent proficiency level of the the process. It's a very forgiving I'll process. Tell you what, I dip my finger in a baby. Yeah oil jar and, and lick my finger off twice and i've mellowed out so that's, that's all you got to say about it right there you so. make there roger because huh? if somebody does the, the, the coconut oil recipe we talk about here wrong it like you're saying at 80 percent still works it's still <laughs> damn skippy good yeah it's still damn skippy good. it, it works to a percentage yeah. of what the actual perfect right. Perfect recipe is. You can't fail. You can't fail. And you can't blow up. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't I, I don't know if uh, uh, Ray, have you heard have you seen that? Have you watched the show or you I know? think I think you and I have talked about it at yeah, some point yeah. in time too. I mean I I've had plenty of I've had lots of calls with Roger in the past, so it's um I don't know the rest of the characters around here, but uh I I've watched a few of the episodes and it's, I work so much during the summer. I don't get time to catch up on all this stuff. I'm usually uh, pretty much off the bed by, by nine o'clock, which is, you know, another hour and a half from now. Uh, yes, I'm on the West coast. So um, that's usually about the time I'm off to crash. Yeah. I, see, I, see, I see Hogmasters here with us here. He's sharing a little little uh, parchment paper pictures with us. Yeah, I'm doing a little rosin pressing. Ah. So I would be Donald J. if anybody uh, was curious. There you go. Yeah. So so Ray is Donald J. on our forum, and he's a 
He's uh, been helping us out for quite a while. Uh, we made him a moderator a while back because he was basically moderating the forum as a member and uh, is very knowledgeable, has a, a long uh, history uh, that, you know, I'm not at liberty to discuss. <laughs> An alleged history. An alleged history. He's got an oh, alleged no. history. Yeah. Well, it's it's not too alleged. It's documented somewhere. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I've really been trying to talk him into sharing it, but it might make somebody mad. See, it doesn't, it doesn't always need to be repeated in polite circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the username on ILGM is kind of a a joke because I tease my dad all the time. So. So, of course, I'd use his name, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now he's going to get mad. I thought he's going to get mad at you now, boy. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, he, he wouldn't go anywhere near internet. He's so old school. It's it's funny the way that he thinks. Uh, but. Oh, so that's what that's all about. See, I get it, guys. You know, he's, you know, he's ready to have to elaborate. So. <laughs> yeah. And he's already he's been pinched enough that he he would I wouldn't see him on a computer to do anything honestly. So. And yes, there is there is a confusion. Canada is not legal. <laughs> we are a less than legal country. Yeah, but they they tolerate it a lot in Quebec and BC. Oh, they they tolerate it, but they'll they still like to knock on your door. Hey. Can I mail stuff all over your country? Oh, you could probably mail stuff all over my country, but <laughs> sooner or later they catch on to it. Wait, then they'll tax you wait, for it. Wait, wait. I, I thought it was like perfectly tits up to do that there. Oh, not quite. Not quite. Oh, I got to talk to not somebody. Until July. Not till July. Oh, and it don't matter. I mean, they're talking about tax and everything beyond, beyond the gills. I mean, or. The prices will go insane as soon as they start playing their game. So, yeah. Europe and Canada, if I was asked to come up there and be involved in a distribution uh, operation, supposedly with the blessing of the state, would you say thumbs up or thumbs down to something like that? I'd say thumbs up because it's going to be a government paycheck. At least they pay. <laughs> so. Yeah, but there is uh, something to be said for socialism. Yeah, and I gotta say, I agree with that statement. Yeah. Oh, and 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 honestly, it's gonna be a joke. I mean, they're already looking for ways to push it, re-legislate, because we're uh, it's kind of like the states where you have different states with different laws. Well, we have different provinces with different laws, and uh, the federal government, rather than down in the states where it is the federal government tying everything up for you guys it's the federal government saying yeah and all the provinces going well how the hell are we supposed to do this um, and the federal government says we don't care we just want 10% of everything sold that's right we but don't you care know, how you do it <laughs> you know what if they would legalize figure it, it out, figure it out. I would give 10% of everything I make if, if you would allow everybody to have health care, when they go to the doctor, they get treated, and they don't cost them anything. It's, I'd give 10% of everything. It's already like that here, though. It's already like that here. 
I mean, uh, I can I can walk to one of four drop-in centers downtown to see a doctor anytime I want for nothing. Doesn't no bills, no nothing. Uh, the only things we pay for are, I think I pay seventy-five bucks a month because I make enough money for for healthcare. Yeah, well, the missus is giving me crap because she pays that. <laughs> Build division, gotta love that. Um, but it's that's that's the top end. That is the most you pay. Um, that's not if you were uh, if you were poverty income, you don't pay anything. You don't yeah, pay even that, help. Like if that's the most you pay, that's crazy because like even still here, that's like uh, not even a quarter. Of, yeah what I pay right now or just my wife and kids yeah and and you have options. to a doctor's you visit here yeah you have oh, yeah, and I still have to pay yeah I have a huge deductible I think it's five thousand dollars a year and I have co-pays so even if I just well I get a certain number of co-pays I think something like that um can I, I just point out the asshole GOP defunded CHIP, Children's Health Insurance Program? Well, yeah. This is what I always argue about, too. I, You know, I got so many friends that really surprised me being a musician. I, it really, in a, you know, a farmer. It really surprised me uh, in a carpenter because everybody gets high, you know. Um, I, but it surprised me that... They're, they're all conservative Republicans. They don't want to give out a dime for anything to anybody. And and they're saying, oh, if you went, if everybody got health care, you know, I'd be paying for it. But you're paying for it through these astronomical insurance payments. Yep. No, I, get rid I, of that. I pay, for, I pay for it in my taxes. I mean, uh, we pay for everything in our taxes, but it's... Yeah, exactly. It's, Just pay it in the fucking taxes. You, you don't... Uh, you don't pay out your ass for anything as far as medical is concerned. You pay, uh, you pay for your prescriptions. And you only pay for your prescriptions if they deem you can afford them. And that's, if I went into a hospital to get a prescription, the hospital pays for it. I don't. If now, I is that an asinine scale like we see sometimes here where they say, well, you make, you make minimum wage, but you still got to come up with this much money where you go, well, I can't feed myself. Or is it actually something that's, you know, somewhat reasonable? Well, it's, it's reasonable. It's basically, uh, if, if I'm making, uh, let's say I'm, I make myself probably about 60,000 a year that I clear if that, and the business makes another 30 or 40, so between the two of us, it's not like we're in poverty. Now, if I made under 25000 I don't pay anything, nothing for any kind of medical. It doesn't matter what it is. That sounds fair. And, and because, of what I, because of what I do make, I can afford to pay for, my, uh, for a chunk of my medical. And I, right. and I do it because somebody else can't afford to, so I may as well offset the cost somewhat. But that's um, just in your taxes, right? It's not like oh, you, yeah. you're suddenly paying. You yeah, just, the more the more I make, the more taxes. taxes. You make enough money to pay some taxes, but somebody that just can afford to live all year will get medical help. Yeah, and I mean, if if you're in the poverty line below twenty five thousand a year, uh, and that's considered our poverty line, then you don't pay anything in taxes. You get all of your taxes back. Um, 
it's it's the same thing because I own my home. I pay for school maintenance. I pay for all these other wonderful little taxes that go with owning, owning a home. Um, I pay for, land, right? yeah, exactly. All of those things come across as the same thing. Uh, but I mean, as, as far as the government dipping in and wanting, wanting their share on everything, they're actually working the opposite. Uh, their philosophy is, uh, we eliminate the black market by, uh, jumping in onto the market and saying, yeah, we'll make it legal. However, by them doing so, they actually are forcing the prices of everything up and increasing the black market because people that have been competing to try and to try and sell an ounce for 125 bucks are now going, shit, they got to pay 300 at the store. Why don't I charge them 200? Uh, <laughs> and they're, they're, they're supporting a black market for it. And uh, honestly, I I don't care because it's at that point it was uh, the black market for it was a reason a lot of people got into it in the first place, and and just just to have their own meds and not have to not have to pay pay outrageous fees and pay to some asshole you don't know. Uh, that's right, or what you know, know what he put on it. More important, that's, that's right because uh, I mean I've. I grew up on the coast and I saw a lot of the, the, the biker gangs and how they grew. And, uh, it was the same concept. All they wanted was mass production. They, they didn't care just that they got lots of buds. I don't care how it grows. I can sell it no matter what it looks like. So it's, it's way different. Um, people are with legalization. Yeah. People will get fussier, but, uh, everybody thinks, Oh yeah, that means everybody will be able to grow. Well, that's not going to be the case um, it's going to be you have to own your, you have to own your home you have to you are allowed zero to four plants that is what they have legally said zero to four plants if you own your own home if your insurance agency agrees to it if this if that uh, and they haven't even gone through all of the details yet and uh, our government is literally going uh, the only people that are going to be allowed to grow are government companies um, that's the only way it's going to be done. So it's, and we already have some major corporations that have, have done that. It's the same with seed sales up until this year. Uh, I could walk down to any, any glass shop or hemp shop in town and we have 10 or 12 of them and buy seeds over the counter. <laughs> they were just classed as novelty marijuana seeds. Oh, but they're feminized, they're autoflower, and they're specific <laughs> to genes. But these are novelty seeds meant to be, and it, the label would say, meant as a novelty, just to own. Well, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm, if I'm going to the store to buy uh, feminized autoflowers, I'm not buying them because I want them hanging on my wall as a collection. Um, but the government turned a blind eye into, until this year where they've they pushed legislation. They have it where it's all now all these places that used to sell it are not selling it and they're or they're hiding it under the counters and going only to people I've dealt with before. Um, it's it's ridiculous how much they want to get their their fingers in everything. And every province is different. That's the part that there will be real friendly provinces. BC will be a friendly province. That's a given because we, we have all the Sunshine Coast. Uh, we have all Vancouver Island and the Sunshine Coast, which will gladly grow outdoors all summer, every year. And 
I mean, I'm sure some some of you guys have heard of Texada Thunderfuck and some of the good old classic strains that came out of BC. Um, we used to grow awesome weed out, outside. So all that'll change with government legislation. It won't be, hey, it'll be, yeah, you can grow outside if you have an eight foot fence with a compound and 10 security cameras watching everything and, an, and a guard dog on duty. And uh, it'll be just like, I know some of the states are pretty tight on their legislation. And honestly, I don't, I, I don't care if the government gave me a license to or not. It's, um, I've been through enough. I've had my door kicked in a couple of times throughout my life. It's not a big deal. Um, they come, they steal my gear, they give me a fine, they get lost, and the process starts again. Um, I do my day in court, on with my life. Not a big deal. And that's, to me, I don't feel I'm doing anything wrong. To me, I feel... I'm growing a plant. What the hell could be wrong with growing a plant? Really that simple. Um, what, what can I say? I, our, our government is kind of, they want it. They, they want the money that they've seen from it. We've, they want the money that they think is there. And in all well, their actions, they're going to... For years and years. I mean, that's... If you did that here in the states, there's a well, maybe not every state, but there's a number of different states that you, you know, like especially if it happened more than one time, you, you know, you could you could do some serious time. Oh, if I was if I was one province over in Alberta, I'd do five years for for them kicking in my door once. Right. <laughs> so that's no different. But see, in Vancouver, you basically could walk down the street and smoke weed. In fact, it's funny. I had to be away for a second, and I did. And 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 uh, Ray was doing, being so eloquent about the situation. But well, lest we forget Mark Emery, who yes. you know the, the the you know so the King of Pot and and or, you know whatever they call him, you know, and uh, uh, you know when he got busted, they were smoking joints out the street, watching the freaking U.S. invade Canada to bust him and bring him back to the U.S. And imprison him for five to eight years. Uh, I was involved with uh, the Grow Report, and we were in personal contact. In fact, I've I've twittered, tweeted, whatever the with uh, Mark Emery's wife, uh, you know, before and friends that were sure trying to because they were because he was yeah really and and in fact uh, he was in jail for a while in Alabama in Georgia. They kept moving him around. And I was actually contacted because I'm in the southeast about where they could go. They had like, I guess, maybe some kind of a, I don't know if he got a weekend off or, or because she was visiting at the time and spent, uh, spent an extended time in different areas in the south. And in the south, uh, I was asked about a place where they, where she could go and, you know, like have a good time and get decent food and, and watch maybe some live music in Savannah, Georgia. You know, it's a, that's just one of those folklore things, believe it or not. But, you know, I probably could seek it way back if the Twitter still has all that shit. But, yeah, I, I've got friends that knew them. and uh, But it's funny you said that because, like you said, the government wants to take over everything. Well, see, Mark Emery had to, you know, everybody, you know, he did all what he did and everybody Vancouver. I got friends, another friend in Vancouver I'm not going to mention. Um 
you know, I, I got another friend allegedly in Vancouver, I'm not going to mention, uh, that I had a couple of different forums and eventually wrote a little book and now has his own seed shop in Vancouver. So like Ray was saying, um, you know, it's, it's getting more limited. Now, I don't know. It sounds like they're even getting more strict. I'm not sure. Well, let Ray elaborate on that in a second. But um, I do know that it was wide open at one point. And it's funny because you could stand out in the street and smoke weed and nobody gave a shit. And then, and then because Mark Emery sent seeds to the U.S., okay, well, that is a no-no under the, you know, I mean, you're taking a risk there. It was just, you know, interesting that Canada gave in. But that was probably having to do with, uh, where's my camera? Okay, so with uh, De Niro or something oh, like oh. that. How to do with a piece of shit. Basically, Canadian version of the bush. Yep. That no, would be exactly the Oh, the shithead Jeff Sessions, you know. No, you no, know. no, no, no. The shithead, uh, what's his name? Stephen Harper. Yeah. Yeah. Harper is basically <laughs> George Bush of Canada. Yeah. And, and he was, because he was an American ambassador before he was ever, uh, a, before he was ever a Canadian premier. So, uh, that was, but at the Diplomatic bullshit. time, I mean, uh, it, it was, it was accepted to smoke downtown in Vancouver. It was accepted to do this, and it was accepted to do that. And, Remember, and I mean, I can elaborate on a story that just happened to me last week. Uh, I uh, my I actually gave my uncle a quarter pound. Uh, he drove from one town to the next, got pulled over for a speeding ticket. The cop told him outright, anything under a quarter, and I'll let you go. <laughs> and, of, of course, it was, uh, well, there's a quarter pound. So here I am, three days later, dr driving uh, 500 miles to drop off another quarter pound for him and come back. Um, and that's and that's exactly it. Some of them are tolerant, and some of them are old-fashioned and want to write a write a story about it and uh, bring it home to the office. But it's they don't care if it's small. They don't care. Uh, they're if all you got on you is a quarter ounce or or a couple of grams, they don't care. They won't bother. Um, if, oh, you, you said quarter. I thought you meant quarter pound. That's what he had on him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. it can be, they can be a little more tolerant. Because yeah. even a quarter pound is more paperwork than it's worth, really. Well, and that's the way... Yeah, and, that, and that's what my my uncle's just kind of laughing at it, going, "Well, oh, whatever." It's he left me all my roaches and shit. <laughs> they impounded my vehicle and searched my vehicle, and he left all the roaches there for me. So it's not like he left them high and dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what they do. Like <clears throat> where my brother still lives, and where I used to live, and down in Humboldt <clears throat> County, California, they you know. Your your biggest fear with cops is getting pulled over with either not enough or shitty weed. Yeah, like you don't have any good stuff for them to confiscate and have a little share of. Like you'll get busted for some shake. They'll be like three pounds. It's like a trash bag full of trim. Hey, I, I still got bets on whether he's uh, on whether he's gonna show them both containers when he shows up in court. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> the cops the cops gonna show up with the, oh well he had two ounces. Yeah, well, here's what happens in Humboldt. Like, you get pulled over. Let's say you got that quarter pound. Yeah. You know, they'll they'll be like, oh well, you know, we're gonna 
we're going to confiscate half of this quarter pound here and yeah. uh, leave you on your way. And uh, we won't report it, do you this favor, and then throw yeah. it in the trunk with the rest of their confiscated weed that they'll... Oh, oh no, but I mean, they're going to be even worse than that. Once They've already, uh, the government's already going, okay, now we're going to have roadside uh, this and roadside that for uh, anybody. If you smoked within 24 hours, you are not allowed behind the wheel. Uh, they are going to the extreme on everything with what they're going to leave, what they're going to do once it's legal it's oh yeah well if we suspect you've been smoking we're impounding your vehicle uh, everything is a, a cash grab for them it's not uh they're they're not approving it there was already people roaming around that in, there's already people in canada that do have medical licenses and are allowed to smoke there was they shut down something like 40 different dispensaries in ontario right after they announced they were going to legalize it say hey we're going to replace these with our liquor board stores you're you're no longer a medical dispensary you're going to be selling stuff through the liquor board store that's it there is your store is done there's no more legal sales of, of medical marijuana it is all through the government that is the only way they are getting it it is uh you know they're selling it through the drug stores too yeah Oh yeah, they they're they're talking about that. London Drugs and a few of the other big companies are trying to get in there and looking to hire people, of course, for consultants and all that. Um, of course, of course. However, I'm not qualified. Uh, I've been approached <laughs> by three of them. Yeah. Hey, London Drugs would be a good one. They are they are big in there in every town. So there it's. They're they're not exactly going to be stingy on what they do. Um, my 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 scenario is uh, I have a record, therefore I will never be allowed to legally grow. Right, that's something. And that's what they'll play off of, right? It doesn't matter whether it's been five six years since I've had any attention. It's still, I will never legally be allowed to grow. And yeah, yeah. Is the missing so you, can, you can have your zero to four plants, right? I probably won't even be allowed that, but do you think that's going to stop me? <laughs> well, I was just wondering, though, do you have any ideas about how you're going to maximize that situation? Um, well, if anybody here if you is want on to the share form, something, you know, I think you have an idea, but yeah, uh, your idea, so yeah. Well, if anybody's paying attention on the forum, I'm actually working on grafting. And, and this is a, a plant limit thing. Now, if, if I could graft six strains to one plant, I still technically have one plant. Now, that means instead of me having to keep six mothers on hand, I now have one mother plant and, three, and three plants. But I have six strains on that one plant. So right now I'm experimenting with it, trying to get grafts to take, because it's not something I've ever done, of course. But... Uh, Brilliant. It definitely holds. Who knows? Good work. And I mean, this this benefits a lot of the people in the states too. In the, I know a lot of a lot of places you guys have a plant limit. Now, and th if they're talking zero to four in Canada, then I'm going, yeah, okay, this will benefit me because my missus doesn't have a record, <laughs> and uh, she can grow them. <laughs> it's not a big deal to me. Um, just because she doesn't tend to them or deal with them or touch them or do anything with them. You like being beholden to this woman, don't you? Pardon? 
you like being beholden to this woman, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, she sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh, she's a she's a hoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a hard person to live with because I'm I get pretty uh, when I get sore I get pretty cranky and growly so. And I'm pretty set in my ways too. I I make up my mind what I'm doing and I do it. It just you know <laughs> gets gets me into trouble, but you know. As long as you keep your stick on the ice, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, see, it's there's all give and take, give and so, take, right? Yeah. So earlier, earlier uh, we were talking about that. Tommy had a, a coconut oil recipe. Do you get? You want to touch on that recipe again, Tommy, for maybe those that are just joining us, or and uh, for our Canadian friends here. Oh sure, I'll, I'll I'll go over that real quick if, if you want me to. Um, and I'll help. This recipe is based on no matter who you are, where you are, no matter how expensive your source material is, and we understand in some unfortunate locations you pay exorbitant prices for your source material. This, this recipe is based on you have your source material. What is the most medicine? And this is really geared towards somebody like me or, or somebody like Ray here who are dealing with some pretty significant medical issues. You know, I've got seven missing discs. Roger, you know, he, he's got, he, they scooped out half his brain. I don't know what he is. He's pointing to something there. <laughs> I think he needs a little more uh, Thorazine, but that's another, that's another show. Um, so no. you have your source material, what we're, what the goal of this extraction method is, how can I get the most usable molecules out of that pound I have, or ounce I have, whatever it is, uh, into my body. And so uh, I'm a true medical user. This is what started me before I got it off into all the other kind of extraction stuff. This is still honest to God, even though I'm, I work doing other stuff. This is my favorite. You take your source material, uh, you would want to decarboxylate it. And that's if it's a THC-based. If it's a CBD-based, you do not in any way need to do this decarboxylation process. But if you uh, have a particular strain you're working with that you want, that you want to get the most THC effect out of it in an edible form, before you get into your body, you're not smoking it, so you want to go through a chemical process to smoke it for you. And this is great because you don't have to put it in your lungs. You're going to love this. And it's freaking easy. You take the uh, your, your source material, your source cannabis. I like uh, quart mason jars. And I fill them basically right up to the top. Not packed in there. Not super loose. But, you know, just it's, it's in there. Uh, I'll fill up a mason jar. You put the rubber side of the lid down, you screw it on there. It's going to go into your oven uh, for uh, 200, around 200 degrees to, to uh, 12. And you're going to want it in there about 45 minutes. And that will decarboxylate most strains. If you're really looking for the couch lock, okay, you might want to leave it in there up to another. 35% as much time. If you really, really want that couch lofty kind of stuff, maybe somebody's dealing with bone pain or something like that. So now once you take it out of the oven, when it's done, you can, or you just turn the oven off, the next day you can go get the jars. What's happened 
is you have decarboxylated your cannabis in a in a sealed container and the entire neighborhood does not even get it. That's that means the terpene, the very light molecules that you smell when you're normally decarboxylating, have been maintained in the jar. And if you've let them sit overnight, those terpenes have reabsorbed into the sponge-like material of the plant. So it has to go dry, a cool one hundred percent. Yeah, you let it totally cool in there. One hundred percent. The next day, and that yeah. lets the terpenes reabsorb into the plant material. So now all you have to do is you open the jar, and you pour coconut oil in. You seal that jar back up. You can put it in a water bath. Oh, you can also do that decarboxylation in a water bath. That's that's about the same temperature range. In fact, a little easier for you. You don't want to fuss with the oven. You can put it in a big pot in a water bath at around the same temperatures, around boiling temperature, 212-ish or so. 200, 212 is a real great temperature. Didn't we um, kind of decide, Tommy, that it was like you boil it for an hour in the de in the the suve, you know, the water bath? Mm -hmm. You boil it it's, for an hour and and then yeah, proceed exactly and then let it let it cool down 100 yeah. percent or overnight because there's no rush. Sorry to and, inject, and but I think it helps some people. Yeah, just just a little aside on the science of the chemistry of it and and maintaining temperatures. Your sous vide method, which is basically you have a water bath that has a temperature being maintained in it, is an easier way to control temperature range sure. than an oven. Any standard oven in your house, when you start cranking it down to these temperatures, yeah, that oven ain't that good at keeping these temperatures. You're going to find an easier time doing a sous vide, but you're looking at about a $100 piece of equipment. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and Roger can turn you on to, to those pieces of equipment. He found a really great piece and actually was being actually, highlighted by Hogmaster earlier in the show while yeah, we were yeah. off. Actually, Hogmaster found it. Hogmaster yeah. found it. Mm -hmm. So once you have your your uh, decarboxylated material, you've opened the top of the container, you poured in a, like a nice organic coconut oil. I could go into an entire other thing about what I'm looking Please just trust me for eight different major reasons you want to use coconut oil. Uh, it's, it's just great all around. You can do so much with it after it. It's a perfect base. And especially if you're dealing with a sick person, this is an oil you're going to be able to get into their body in a very easy fashion. So, so you have your jar, you put your coconut oil in, you put your top back on it. And now you go into your sous vide around temperatures around 200, 212, somewhere in there, or in your oven. I'm now looking at a five-day sub. This just sits in there. And every day, it gets better. So at the end of that five-day soak, I'm going to drain the oil out of there. I'm going to squeeze it a bit. I use uh, fat filters in these big uh, filters you get at the restaurant supply store so I can squeeze it all out and everything. Then I will refill the jar with the material and I'll put an equal amount again of the coconut oil in there. I go three more days to get that last trailing because coconut oil does not take up as much of the molecules like a butane or a propane or an ethanol 
or, or an isopropyl alcohol. It doesn't take it up like that. It's a, this is a gentler infuse. A big gentleman infuse, you're going to get an unbelievable medical benefit from this thing. There's one last piece, and it's paramount. At the end, when you have all your oils, you're going to mix in a liquid sunflower lecithin. Yeah. You're going to mix it in. Uh, let's say you had a cup of oil. You're going to mix in a tablespoon to two tablespoons of the lecithin, and you can really blend it in there. And that lecithin is really going to help grab the resins and get them into your body on on a a level of efficiency that if you haven't tried this yet, you've never experienced it. Let me just put it there. Run the experiment. I guarantee you're going to love it. Absolutely guarantee it. Or your money back. One thing I wanted to mention, I think you kind of you I think you misspoke or you really kind of omitted it was when you start the cooking process for five days, the temperature that the stuve needs to be set at is one hundred and eighteen degrees. Oh, did I what guess? It's the lower temperature, right? Yeah, not two hundred, not like boiling. When you decarboxylate, you use two hundred so boiling. Thanks, Roger. When you when you cook, do the five day process, the after you fill up the, the 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 vessel with the coconut oil, you do it at 118 degrees for five yes. days, and this is why the souve appears to 100 bucks. Are you kidding me? To have what you'd have, I mean, because it, you never have to buy it again, really. I mean, maybe you would, yeah. but it's a a pot and water in this digital souve for 100 bucks. And then you set it at 118 degrees for five days, less electricity than running your freaking oven at 180 because you can't get it any uh, uh, cooler, you know, and the proper. Sealed, you, you get every molecule you right. pay for in that pound or in that ounce. Everything see, you pay for is in that oil. Things you don't cook in that oil makes the molecules. The, it's all about like the molecules. This is what Tommy taught me. I like to brag about. I learned something from him. Um, it's about it. And so when he describes it, I go, wait a minute. You told me this. Um, the, see, it's about absorbing the molecules. The coconut oil makes the molecules available. The cannabinoid. And the and the go on, my brother. Go on. It's a, both things. It's a combination. The, the coconut oil acts as what we would call a carrier. It helps separate the molecules into a liquid because they're they're tarry tight little resin things so the coconut is a carrier it's also a uh a saturated fat that does not behave like one in the body which is perfect it's polar and then the lecithin helps wrap the the molecules the, the different terpenes uh the cbds the thcs it wraps those and it makes it so that when it goes in your body your body looks at it not like THC, which is good for it. It looks at it like food. And it goes, oh, we love that shit. And it goes out and it grabs this lecithin that it loves. And on the tail end of that lecithin are all the things we wanted out of the marijuana. They're the same tricks they use in the pharmaceutical industry. And that lecithin is about 15 to 20 bucks on Amazon. And yeah. uh, I, I went to look for my jar of it and i can't bottle of it and i can't find it so 
I was going to show because I got the one Tommy has, and it's an organic. Well, you can do it in half, in half ounce batches. Hey Tommy, yeah. I had a question. So uh, I actually have a jar of powdered sunflower lecithin, and that's what I use. Do you think that would be just as good to use as the liquid version? Absolutely not. I've tried okay. six different powdered lecithins, um, and because it's sunflower they just, seed oil, they just don't. I don't know why. I wish I could tell you why. They just don't hold up like the liquid lecithin. I, I think it's because, again, the lecithin is carried by the sunflower seed oil because that's what that is that you're saying to get. And I would imagine this would be across the board from whatever source you would get a lecithin from. I just find that the, uh, the consistency of the sunflower seed one, uh, it's really stable. It lasts a good long time. I like that one. But I think there's something with it still being in that uh, viscous format Boy. that helps it attract or wrap or whatever. I've tried I've tried dissolving different powdered lecithins into the carrier oil. I can get that done. And then when I wind up introducing uh, the oils out of the extract from the cannabis, I'll get a funky waxing up. Uh, and it's just not the same where with with the liquid lecithin, I don't care who you are, you can do it. You can do it with a fucking spoon. You don't even need a thousand dollar stirring stick. You can do it with a spoon. So it just bonds better in the mixture when you I don't know, yeah, and I don't know I don't know the exact reason why, but even if I had big equipment to put in the bowl. If I had the big equipment, I would put the big equipment in the bowl with the liquid lecithin because it would just work that much better. Can you explain yeah. why that fancy rod is fancy? Oh, it has kind of crazy. So, <laughs> uh, think about your blender in the kitchen, okay? And then somebody got real fancy and they put the blender on a stick. And then you can put the stick in the cup and make milkshakes and everything with it. You know those blender sticks, right? Right. So now, now take your router motor. Think about the speed that your 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 six horsepower router spins at. Uh, what, fifty thousand, fifty thousand minimum RPM. That thing, like if you hit your finger in it, would not rip your finger off. It would literally spray your finger off the the bits moving so fast. So you take that motor and you put it on a little blender like that except to make the blender really really small inside of a stick like a like just a little bit thicker like about the size actually of a milkshake straw if you go to like dairy queen or whatever you get one of those good straws at your milkshake with a little spoon on the end those thick ones um so you put a, a, a router engine on a spinning blade inside of a stainless steel tube that now has Start imagining a screw that works kind of like a turbine. Like a turbine will take so much air mass, and in one stage it will compress it down, and then the next turbine will compress it down and compress it down into your jet engine. That's how it makes those things run. So, yeah, there, there are some toys you can mix your extractions up with uh, that work exactly like that. Now, not everybody has one of those because they're like $1,000 to start out, you know. Who the fuck's gonna do that? I would, but you know, other people like no no reason for it whatsoever. 
but like what we're talking about with Roger with this with liquid lecithin is you can do it with a fork, you can do it with your blender at home, your mixer at home. Anything you have at home is going to make it that much better. But they make a thing that's really going to get those molecules in your body. They make a they make a stirring propeller. You can go to Home Depot and buy. There's a little propeller on the end of a stick that's about 12 to 16 inches long. You can put it in a drill. There's the bottle of sunflower liquid lecithin right there. But you can put you can take one of those, go down to the paint paint section and buy some of those little propellers to mix paint with, and you could put that on a drill cord. It's all about foaming, like making that, like he said, making a milkshake. And that was just to tie that back in for you guys, because sometimes we jump around. Thank God that we all talked about this enough. We catch each other up. What happens is after you make all the, after you infuse the cannabis for eight days with the rest period and the day between where you strained out the first oil and then put the matter back in and filled it back up with more oil and then cooked it at another three days at 118 and then you cool it down you add the lecithin then you blend the crap out of it the super none of the plant material no 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 all the plant materials out right yeah. you strain all that but you take the that's oil you get the lecithin, and that's when you put this what we're talking about blending the crap out of it so yeah sorry just wanted to tie that together because you know, some people are going, well, where did we get to blend and shit? I got one thing to say. I, I just put everybody through an arduous thing. Let me tell you the reason you do this. You do this with a CBD-rich plant, okay? You make the same exact recipe with a very heavy CBD-rich plant like an ACDC, and you rub your woman down with this, she will give you her checkbook. <laughs> it is the most incredible monkey body butter you have ever experienced i have uh, i'm missing seven discs in my spine and my sweetheart will rub my back down with the cbd version of this oil shut up period end of story just done that is like thank you sweetheart <laughs> and uh yeah th this is so get a hold of some 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 good cbd stuff or Maybe a Harlequin or Steve knows a bunch of good rest. Oh, golly, I'm sure Roger knows a bunch of good strains. But you get a CBD heavy version of this. You make the same kind of oil on it. You have uh, bad things in your feet. Oh, oh, I'll tell you one. Has anybody ever went to adjust the blanket in the bed with their toe and you get that Charlie horse that gets to stand up and start doing a rain dance over it? Yeah. You know that thing? <laughs> You can take this oil, a CBD heavy oil, exactly like I'm telling you about. Yeah. yeah. You rub it on your leg. Yep. You can go back to bed with absolutely zero fear that that Charlie horse will come back. And not only that, when you rub it on your leg within two minutes, you can actually get back in bed. You don't have to do the entire rain dance. It's good working shit, dude. Yep. <laughs> I've seen it. Hey, we were at a at an event. I forget which event. Vegas, and Tommy woke up in the middle of the night with a Charlie horse in his leg, and oh, man, crying. put that cream on it in like a minute. Within like a minute or two of that being on there, man, it just nuked it. It was so bad. Steve didn't know if I was having a heart attack or something. 
Yeah, I was concerned. Well, seeing in Amy, my Amy, she hates my guts, but I, you know, I gave her something to rub on her foot, which has been broken for 40 years and always killing her. And she's always working hard and like, can't think straight because her foot hurts and had her rubbing it. What's again, I, I can't, I'm never going to, I'm going to say this every time we bring it up. This stuff is topically applicable and really works that way like it's described here and if you want to eat some you can eat some you can make edibles out of it you know or you might be able to you know develop some crazy powder who knows you know but um it's incredible stuff it really you know, like everybody here on the panel are from different places in the country and the world and everybody that's tried it's going wow and 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 here i'll give it back to tommy on this note segue back it's not anything new really okay. it's just good minds came together and said huh let's take this, this and apply this, this is before the internet dude this is the way we have <laughs> this is one of the ways we've been dealing with cannabis through the last thousands thousands of years thousands and so there's something to be said for very simple processes if you honestly believe it's a really good plant and it has something good for you don't fuck with it don't put hydrocarbons to it or whatever especially if you're dealing with medicine let's take it easy how radical is coconut oil eh, not very you know you're sick I'm going to give you hydrocarbons. I'm going to give you propane. I'm going to give you I want you to heat it to 700 degrees and breathe it in. Yeah, I know you have emphysema and you're popping, but yeah, get past that. No, just mix it. Something simple. Somebody's sick. Anybody can do it anywhere. It doesn't matter whether you're in America, any state, legal state, not state. You can get cannabis hopefully anywhere. And if you and if you only have a little, this is what we know. Or and and I challenge anybody to the point of defying you for a simple method, find a simple method that you can get more out of your source material as a medical user. I've not found it. And I, and I put the challenge out there because if you can tell me a better one, dude, I'll advocate it. I will. I just haven't found, you know, for somebody that got their ounce. You know, they got their pound for their sister in Kansas who can't get it in the convent or whatever, you know, and you need to make something because, you know, Sister Marianne can't be blowing dab hits down the hall, put it in some coconut oil. She's set, you know, and she can rub it on her heel. You know, it, it's just such an all around. I don't care what somebody's sick with. If you're going to start someplace, it's the total best place. You know, now it's not a big marketable product. You're not going to sell gallons of it at the dispensary because the dispensary is really for people who are going down there to get high. But for the people you love, this is the this is the exact stuff. Well, the safest, safest, most safest, most organic way to go You're, about doing it. That's the, what it's about. You can't screw it up. You can't yeah. mess it up. Every yeah. nobody can get hurt. Just no and you're not going to blow yourself up either with it. The last time you heard of a jet plane going down because the coconut oil was wet? <laughs> no, really? <laughs> 
So what do you think about all that, Ray, since we, you know, we, we kind of took it over from you there, buddy? Oh, no, that's all good. I, uh, I agree. There's, there's definitely better delivery methods. It's, uh, and there's, see, I, I'm still in a place where, where flour is cheap. It's not, uh, even with the government stepping on it, it'll still be cheap. So yeah. what's cheap? What's a pound? <laughs> a pound? Uh, I, I get real, into real money, money, not Canadian money. Yeah, for, money. yeah, exactly. It is Canadian money. That's the thing right there, you know? Well, uh, notes. <laughs> that's the thing right there. That's the Canadian funny. money, it's 70 bucks an ounce. What's a pound? A pound? Oh, anywhere from 1000 to 1200 well, hell, you could make this coconut oil then at those prices. You'd have to so looking at So they're like 800 to $900 US. Yeah. Which yeah. Is, uh, yeah. So in Cali right now, because everyone's trying to dump all their shit um, before the regs next year, you can get weed as cheap as $350, $400 a pound. Golly. <laughs> I've, paid, I've paid more than that for an ounce. <laughs> And I don't want to take away from that real quick, but there was something that I came up. I thought about a question I wanted since we were on that topic again about the oil. You can use this with every bit of the plant, right? You can decarboxylate yes. all the fan leaves, yes. sugar leaves, yes. every bit of organic matter that comes yes. off those stems. And that can be what you stuff that jar full of and yes. you get a great... You putting your, putting your trim through... Yep. And yeah. the roots, but the sticks in the roots, Really, it's beyond diminishing returns, honestly. Yep. But if you're making medicine, you really actually do want all of that plant in there. There are enzymes and things in the plant that help you digest stuff. There's, if you want to get stoned, it's totally worth separating THC if that's the experience that you're seeking. If you're trying to get healed, don't outthink that plant. It, it just happens to be smarter than you are. That's why we all love it in the first place. Don't overthink it. You know, for the for, for the sick people, keep it simple. It is in the body. It's not gonna. They don't have to react to funky, harsh chemicals. They actually just get to absorb the goodness that we're growing for them. Um, and 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 it to this day, and I can have anything. I, I mean, I get to make some pretty wild shit sometimes. And still, it's our favorite. It's what I rubbed on my woman when she was like, oh, sweetheart, my hip hurts so bad. You know, and I just rubbed it in her hip. I rubbed it, you know, around her buttocks and everything. And within 10 minutes, you know, your sweetheart's saying thank you. That's fucking I'm cool. I'm going to some on my nipples as we speak. <laughs> That's just cool. <laughs> I love this job. <laughs> so that's it, folks. This is some really great stuff. I mean, uh, use it as again. Oh, that's the just after kidding. show party. Yeah, that's just, the after, that's after just, show. Just kidding. <laughs> well, don't worry. Somebody will try it. Oh, no, it works just great. Oh wait, yeah. This is a thing that's just catching on. I know, I know a lot of people from that we know on this podcast that are doing this coconut oil, and they've already done it because 
you know, it, it, once you decide to do it, it's a 10-day process. Actually, you know, yeah, Hogmaster, do you want to talk a little bit about your experiences? You were talking about that before the show. I cool, cook. yeah. If I you feel like sharing, with if you don't want to, it's fine. I cook eggs with it every morning. That's I mean, hilarious. I got two stones on it. I didn't know that. Oh, do you want to? I don't know if you're up for. Do you want to show your your thing or or no? Yeah, I can. The sous vide cooker. Yeah, yeah. So why don't you go through that a little bit with people? That was excellent. Yeah. Good segue, brother Steve. I'm heading that way. Well, it's just kind of it's the opposite. So, so Tommy went over kind of how to do it with the mason's jars, which is one way to do it, and he touched on the sous-vide method, which I have both. For those of you guys that don't know, I have both methods on a YouTube video on my YouTube channel. So, in case you're interested, you can um, you can uh, check out both methods on there. Sorry about the beat. But uh, Hogmaster actually had a really cool uh, little explanation before the show, so. Yeah, here is the sous vide cooker I bought. I think I paid 79 bucks for it. The temperature goes up to... Shit, let's find out. Without turning it on. And it'll do four days. We, we checked that out earlier before the show. It'll do four days in terms of timer. 12.9 degrees. That's the highest temperature you can set it at. So it'll can, boil water. And you can set it down to 118 degrees. See, that's cool. That's it right there, buddies. You can you boil can it, it, decarboxylate it for an hour, and then let it cool down, like Tommy said, 100%. And then you cook it for five days, or like overnight, and then you cook it for five days at 118. Set it on one of those. that. So, how do you use that, David? It's got a little knob here on the side. You no, I mean, apply it. it to the whole cooking method. Not yeah, yeah. Can you go through, walk walk us yeah. through that for those it that don't has a, There's a coil in the bottom here. And it also has a little propeller. Impeller. Pro propeller, impeller? Impeller in this case. Impeller. Yeah, yeah impeller, right. Yeah, so it, it circulates the water in the pot. And you can pull the let lever up here. And you can put it on a cooler, which is what I used. And I just cut the lid out so it'll shut oh, right cool. over it. And so Tommy loves that. You use the cooler after all. So Tommy's going to love that because that's Tommy loves to use a cooler. Yeah, it just it works great. And you can set it for four days, and you'll know in four days that you need to go down and set it for 24 more hours, and yep. 24 hours you're set. I mean, I, ha I don't even have to touch it for five days. I don't have to add water, anything, because I got a, good, a decent cooler that will keep all the condensation just drips right back down into the cooler. Now, that's really cool to know because I, that was one of the biggest things in my head I was trying to wrap my head around was how often you might have to replenish the uh, water. So it's nice to know that you did not have to replenish the water. That was Normally, that. right at the four-day mark, I'll go ahead and fill it up because it's getting within a half inch of the low-level line on 
the sous vide cooker. So, I mean, it'll do a full five days, but it's something you definitely want to check every other so, day. At least. So does that hang on the side of the cooler, or is that fully submersible, or how does it work? It hangs on the side of the cooler. It just I think that's what we were asking, if you could actually put it in and show us yeah, the water. Yeah, a demonstration at all. Like, actually put water in the cooler and run the machine. Yeah, can we be a pain in the ass? <laughs> I'll be a pain in the ass. if I got enough. He's I used definitely to definitely cooler for you. <laughs> well, you know, once in a while, now, see, you know, now, you know, David's in a lot of pain and he medicates, so sometimes... It takes him a minute to realize what we're asking. I love him, though. This boy works so, hard. Works so, while we're waiting on him to... Oh, there we go. There you go. He slides right on the How cool is that? This now, is that, the one I have cut. Does the lid close on that, or how does that work? Do you just close it most of the way? I have this exact cooler outside, He's and I have it cut. Just right here. <laughs> okay. And it will shut perfectly right over the back of it. So you just threw your coconut oil and your trim in there? Or how do you. I'll fill it up with water and I'll, I actually use the mason jar method. Oh, okay. So this is for your decarb. I'm sorry. I'm yes. No, and it, it's, it's also for cooking the oil. Oh, so you just cook them all in the, in the jars. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Cannot mess it up. It is oh, you can't fuck it up then. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you can't fuck it up then. That's great. Right. So you decarboxylate. Yeah, you decarboxylate right there, and then you do you go through the methods, and then you cook it. You lower it down to one eighteen. You keep it in the same place with the water, and you cook it for all those days at one hundred eighteen. It's, I mean, yeah, I, I, do I was just thinking of using a big. You you could do it faster chemically. You can do it faster. Ah. What you lose is the uh, you lose the terpenes. If you're you know yes. if you want to get everything, slow down. Yep, it'll happen. That's and the you actually concept. witness that the terpenes make it taste better too, right? And they have tremendous, tremendous medicinal effects. And unfortunately, many methods of extraction some of which I use sacrifice some of those terpenes so, take your time yes, and it will make your hospital high if you're not careful oh yeah There's so Hogmaster, Hogmaster <laughs> we have a, a question from chat I don't mean to cut you off Tommy uh, we have a question from chat it says uh, what what do you call that thing so how would people find that exact object that that you just showed us that object I actually bought on a TV network show called QVC unfortunately but it was 79 bucks for people who have uh, want to do payments I think they do like four or five payments if you want to do that so, so if you're a hustler, twenty bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if you're on a tight budget, you can go, buy it on QVC for twenty That's bucks 20. a month, or you can go on Amazon or eBay and find a and do your research and make sure you at least what is it, David? A thousand watts. If you, watt? can't, if you can't earn, 
If you can't earn the rest of those payments after the first month with this thing, man, you, you done screwed up. You can buy one for 80 bucks on Amazon and just pay for it, but you just have to make sure that you have the ability to program it from 118 degrees oh. boiling, and and that means you need a 1,000-watt model minimum. Well, that's what I'm saying. So okay, so a thousand watt minimum, and it's a what's it called a sous vide cooker? Yes. Okay, cool. So I'm just trying to make it simple for people that don't understand and aren't as experienced as this. So they need a sous vide cooker. That's a minimum of a thousand watts, correct? And it's it's fancy Canadian French spelling. And I think you can actually get six hundred watts. V i d e. Ooh. Go yeah, go ahead, David. You had you because we were talking about this a lot. So, and the nice thing about it is you can cook your fish in it, you can cook your meat in it, and (laughs) I use it for everything. I really not what I'm talking about, but all right. And see, you actually can do that in a pot. You just take a big ass, like a big old spaghetti pot, you know, and fill it up with water, and you can cook. There's all kinds of shit you can cook in there and make it really nice. Uh, but uh, that, even, yeah, that was funny. If you're, I can't if you're doing a smaller amount instead of it, and like in a cooler like that, you don't really necessarily need a 600 watt as long as it will maintain the temperature that you're looking for and the size of container that you're wanting to do. I think what it's important to note that you want to make sure that it can boil the water, though, to make sure the decarboxylation. Otherwise, you'd have to do another method or buy something else. That's I just why. want to interject, interject physics-wise here, not, not, not to be a prick about it or anything, but you want an oversized heating coil. That's thousand watts. You never want your heating coil to work at maximum. Right. Ever, ever, ever. And, and so it'll, I mean, you have no idea <clears throat> the math. It like goes up by the cube of how much longer it will last if you're never asking how does the machine what it's capable of. Uh, so that that's a real thing, and then the other thing about having a larger heating coil is you're able to recover shock times faster, and not as much when we're cooking something for days with cannabis, but when you're doing different recipes with different meats, and you're putting a, a, a cold piece of meat into a, a a cooler, your ability to get the whole thing up to temperature faster is. <laughs> actually very important and not getting botulism and things like that you know absolutely <laughs> and see so that what it means by having a bigger a larger a, a higher wattage suve cooker you have headroom yeah and so you don't have to overwork it to get it but the bottom line is you have to make sure so that you have one tool to do the whole thing is that it can boil water for an hour without stressing out because the 118 is not that hard to do, but be careful. Some suvets do not go down to 118, and some suvets, you know, you have to make sure you get one with enough power, and it goes from easily from 118 degrees to 220 degrees. And honestly, anybody out there, I know I've noticed around, if you can't get your money back on the piece of equipment, you know, by the time the next payment's due, Oh yeah. This is totally 100%. Do not stretch it. This is a home 
piece of equipment. This is not a production piece of equipment. You cannot get yep. money-making returns out of that piece of equipment, but you can make your whole family medicine no sweat out of that $100 piece of equipment. And it's I not, it's not a commercial one is a young entrepreneur in a legal or less than legal area, what would their next step be for production? At, at, at that point, you're, you're, you're literally having to get some real heaters out of uh, uh, the replacement elements that you use in hot water heaters. Well, I was, I was curious about the, um, uh, there's some larger commercial or not like small commercial scale, um, slow cookers that uh, I've had a lot of good work with working with um, that we use in Colorado yeah the problem the slow cookers in this in this instance uh, the problem with it is it does not maintain as tight a temperature control uh, you can easily drift eight degrees easily uh, or worse uh, in, in those uh, slow cookers so it really is worth a hundred bucks uh, to get that tight temperature control, letting that thing sit there. Uh, that's what really is affording you the knowledge that you can't screw it up. You can't, you can't, you can't totally ruin it in a slow cooker. I think you'll anybody will find that they'll enjoy their results more consistently with this sous vide kind of cooker or the oven method a little bit better. And the reason for the sous vide over the oven, A, it's less energy overall required to keep for one, a certain temperature. And it doesn't tie up but your oven. Actually, you're controlling it. Definitely. If you get a suck-ass sous vide cooker, you're controlling it within two degrees. That's that's good enough for government work. Okay? That's good enough for Aunt Philly. It's actually good enough for me for my personal medicine. <laughs> When you're doing it production-wise, now, now you need to get serious, and you need to you know, calculate loads, and it's a whole different ballgame. So, so you're talking about those electronic water heaters, like so, um, uh, similar to like what's it? Uh, True Aquaponics has something similar they use for their electronic water heaters for their bigger scale. Right, right. You're starting. You you, need, you have different safety concerns at this point. You have uh, run dry concerns. You know you're looking at burning down a building if you fuck it up. Um, so yeah, it, it leaves the, the uh, kitchen uh, at that point. Very quickly leaves the kitchen from that hundred dollar unit. It's just not a commercial thing. Just want to be real clear with people: is get your medicine, make sure your loved ones are getting what they need. You know, especially you know, you know respect to you if you're in a state that it's really really super hard we want to make sure that you can you know get medicine in people safely nobody's going to die nobody's going to go up and, and and actually one of the most efficient ways that we know that i know of to, to do it just a little messy it's a bunch of oil crawl off deal with it <laughs> try keep it on the personal home homer tip Besides, yeah, those know. arteries aren't going to lubricate themselves with all that oil, you know? I mean, you got to lubricate them. It, it does not behave like a saturated fat in the body, even though it does outside the body. That's a whole other little tangent yeah. that's set up. 
Well, I so know. I'm just joking around. So the sous-vide, though, basically for everybody that needs to make their own medicine, it just makes everything so easy for you. And then you need the little blender. You need to have the little stick blender or make your own, like, you know, more powered Tim the Toolman, Tommy J, kind of, you know, hook up a generator to it, you know, or something. But, but you know, just get your little, little, you know, like your milkshake, you know, mixer or, or how you Magic make it. Those bullet. blenders, bullet. the blenders, like it's just a Dremel motor is all it is. It's a Dremel a motor. Magic bullet, bullet is an awesome thing for a marrow, for a home marrow. There you go. Magic bullet. That's it. Magic bullet. And, and then that you add your lesson at the end of it. So if you follow those directions with everything we told you tonight, you guys will have the most excellent medicine and the Suve makes it where it's almost foolproof. It's pretty much is foolproof unless you just don't come back and turn it back on. I mean, even then I bet you'd get you run out of water, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, but as David attested, he doesn't even run out of water with that, with that device he's got. And, um, so, um, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm rambling on, rambling on. What do you got? Anything else, David, on that side of it? No, I just, no, I just it, it, it works great, great, man. I've enjoyed it ever since I bought it. I wish I would have bought it 20 years ago. They've been around for years. Yeah, it just took people like Tommy to figure out how, wait, wait a minute, we're missing out on something. We could try this, and it works, and oh, my I God. I respect what? my elders. I respect my elders. Yeah, me too, buddy. I'm, I'm, I love I the fact question. that you I go to my elders. I tell you, you, you and your son have, you know, been, you know, I, I kind of miss having him on the show talking because uh, he's always got some interesting things to say. But you guys have really pointed us in some directions that, that um i tell you what definitely making me feel good for the coming new year you know right with all that well hey, hey well I, I don't know everybody's being quiet uh ray you still there oh yeah i'm still here just making sure you guys don't get all the background noise in the house you got you got any go, good outlaw stories you want to share with us before we you know uh, <laughs> Checking no, no. out all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, any, any stories you heard about your friend? Yes, we're still alive. We're still alive. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly heard about your friend? No, no, no. No, I tend to tend to keep the mouth <laughs> shit about that crap. <laughs> okay. I thought I'd try to spice it up, and but I res yeah, I definitely respect you. I just mess no, with no, you. No, 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 that, that's fine. Smarter than so, on, uh, so what strains? What strains do you prefer to grow uh, up there yeah. in the north? Yeah. Um, right now, I've got uh, two ILGM strains that I'm just sprouting, but I've got uh, I got purple Kush, which of course purple strains are always so much fun in the cold, right? So I got. Purple Crush yeah. going, Crown Royal, uh, White Widow, uh, Blueberry, and what the hell else do I got going on? Uh, I got this, the Super Skunk and the Bubblegum, which just starting right now. But you I've, got your, you got your package. Yep. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and of course I start them as a, I start them as a thread to try and help people uh, on our forum to figure out how to sprout their uh, plants, right? Of course. Uh, and it's no different. I mean, uh, I, I'm playing with playing with the grafting thing right now. So of course I pick one of my mothers, which I intend to call off anyways, because I don't particularly like the strain. But uh, my my goal is to turn one of my uh, flowering plants right now, which is under a scrog screen and already trained, to into a my mother plant. And rather than having six, seven different strains, have them all on one plant. It just it would save me so much work. It would tidy got, up my space. Ray, I got a question for you on that. So, like, would you take a root ball? You know. Uh, Grow it for a long period of time, maybe like six months in veg, then run it through flour and bring it back into re-veg and grow it out, and then put your well, that's, grass. That's what I'm. That's what I'm intending to do. Solid root ball. That's what I'm intending to do is take a solid root system, which I know is a, a healthy root system because it's already made it all the way through flour. Yeah. And and I'll trim the plant down to almost nothing, and I'll graft to it right away, and I'll revert it. It, uh, I, I know I have a stable root system then. I know so you graft to it before you revert it? I'd revert it while I was grafting to it because it's the plants, plants already going to be going under stress, but it's taking its cues from everything above it more than good. root itself. What are the, what are the hormones doing in the plant at that time? Well, you, so you could, your, your best bet, at least I would imagine, would be to, 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 um, graft it during veg. But I could yeah. see redoing it during a reveg would make sense too. Yeah, after the reveg, after it's stabilizing reveg, then yeah, introducing grafting, right? Yeah, that. I works. like that. I like that idea too. Having experimented with reveg because you got a big established root zone, and you can actually you take if you're going to reveg it and you're going to do that. I would say you take out the root zone and then trim it up a little, clean it up around the edges, and then repot it into some nice medium and then let it reroot and then graft into it might be really interesting oh and it is it's a play project this is this is something to learn off of it's not uh worst case scenario i lose a couple of cuttings i don't not a big deal right i'm not i'm not sacrificing it sounds like an awesome project i and, hope you can post it and it it i i I've been keeping everybody in touch on our forum without uh, I'm updating everything as I go. And of, of course, when you're doing a graft, it's it's a week or two before anything actually starts to heal and kick back in. But today I've seen the first signs that I'm actually getting a successful graft because uh, some of my growth is turning back up towards the light instead of uh, instead of all sagging down. So to me, that's that's the start. That's where you figure it out. And and because I spend so much time training a plant to put a scrog screen on it, that's the ideal time to do it rather than I, it would be nicest to go from. Oh, so you're talking about flipping it when they go into flower, not when they go into veg. I thought you meant you took a plant, flipped, oh, no. it, flipped it into flower, cut off the buds, then graft onto it. Yeah. Then re-veg it, but, yeah. And then no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to, I'm harvesting the plant. I'm going to try my, I'm going to try it right out to lunch and uh, harvest the whole plant. 
leave just enough foliage on it to keep it alive and revert it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. then I'll graft to it with new grafts. That's, that's, that's what I like. I like that too. Because because at that point it doesn't have any of the signals to do anything else anymore. It's already been harvested. It's it's a root system. I mean, uh, people have been doing this for decades to grow all sorts of different plants. Well, not only that, I'll give you the best example of it in terms of impressiveness. Look at the redwood <laughs> trees. Anyone that's anyone that's been out here to the redwoods, look at the fairy rings of the redwood trees. You have trees that were 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 feet across. They cut down the trees. The suckers from the old root system grew up, and now those trees, those suckers are now, you know, the size of cars, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, and I mean, they've been doing this for mangoes and for uh, avocados for years. Same with tomatoes. You, So many tomato strains have terrible roots. They're more susceptible to blight and everything else. So now your heirloom tomatoes, it's... I mean, there's people who graft tomato plants onto potatoes to have a healthy yeah, root yeah, system. Ketchup and they get ketchup and fries, yeah. Yeah, so they get... Let's say you graft five strains onto a mother... Ball. Okay, we're, we're going to get into genetic drift, aren't we? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, this is fascinating uh, stuff. Okay. I'm asking questions now, here. Now, there, no. there, there is theories on the possibility of a genetic drift, but I'm never flowering out. So I'm not... The plant doesn't get the signal all the way through life from its roots. It only gets it while it's in veg. And in veg, all veg says is, let's go forward from here. Uh, let's produce more leaves. It doesn't say, let's produce this kind of bud, that kind of bud. Clone, you, then you clone off of that. Then I, then I clone, I take cuttings off of my plant. And by separating each area of the plant, or each main stem of the plant to one strain, I know everything I cut from there is a, is a clone of that original strain now it's, it's theory it's, theory it's, it's theory but i mean there are there are people who've done it i mean there is yeah, a no, youtube video awesome. there is a youtube video on the concept of it and on people who've done it but nobody's actually pushed the envelope and went hey why don't we try it from a, why don't we try it from a plant that already has a huge well-established root system it's always been hey during veg We'll, we'll grow a plant like specifically to do this, right? It sounds so, awesome. So when I when I looked at it, I went, well, why don't I start a thread about it, see how much feedback I can get from other people on it, see if I can get other people interested in trying this too, because I'm just as willing to learn off of someone else as <laughs> teach people. It's no oh, different, shit. right? Okay. Now, I'd like to inject here. I got cut off by internet. I don't know what happened exactly, but... Uh, and I saw so I might have missed something, and I hope I don't tread over what what Ray was talking about because we've talked about what he's doing. But I also would like to inject the idea that I don't know if you talked about this again, but I also think you could take a fresh, really strong-rooted vegetated plant as long as you keep it in the vegetative cycle, photo period, and you could. Uh, they like top the terminal you know bud off and and then then you could do the same thing and graft into the stalk because they do this with tomatoes so basically it's just about having a big root stock and when they do it with tomatoes the root stocks just an established seedling basically right so it's not really a big well-established plant so I think 
the ideas and, and now this isn't a new idea either and and ray will admit this too there's other people that talk about grafting but very seldom in my 13 years on forums i think i've probably only seen people question or all act or ask about grafting about five times so when ray says i want to do a plant because of this limitation that i only have, can have four plants and i want to graft six strains into it i went this is the coolest thing i've heard in a while and i'm going to try it too so you know i, I challenge all of us here you know to uh get you one plant no matter whether it's new or something old and established you know try it different ways so we get a little bit more data and uh and grafting, all you got to do is go and look at a grafting uh, you're, you're video on YouTube. You're 100% correct, right, correct. That is one of the baddest ass challenges I think you could take on in the marijuana space. Let's see a and we five grafted plant mother root show what an animal, a, a, a chimera like that could actually do. Well, and and see, I have I'm I've tried I'm trying several different grafting methods. I'm not sticking with uh, exactly. traditional methods. I mean, I'm using a Mary stem method. I'm using several different methods all at the same time right. on one plant. Right so, on. so the idea is, I don't I don't care because the plant I'm playing with, I intended to kill anyway. The right. team so, method. I use and, and, and even if it works, the even if it works, lamp. even if it works, well. Okay, now I've now I've made all my mistakes on a plant that raise a mad scientist. I love him. Big hugs. <laughs> or it's all about it's all about playing, buddy. It gets oh, it gets yes. to a point where it's right hey, on. I want to try something different. Always is, and that's how are how are we ever going to learn anything new if we don't try new things? The, and the, the challenge is going to be to find out whether it's a, like a sativa or an indica might be the best rootstock or what what strain provides the best rootstock the in the end if you keep messing around with it so it, you know so it's gonna be fun I, I see no reason not to try it because if you've got like I personally you know may or may not know of a place where there's four or five different strains you know available for cloning and and possibly you know and and doing some grafting so it, but the thing is is which root stock do you go by the, well hey i'd like to hear steve's uh uh take on this would you um want the straw the one with the biggest stock at the bottom yeah i mean that's what we think of i think with tomatoes and such so surely for root stock yeah but i'm also going to look for other, um other traits as well you know bushiness and uh, just overall vigor as well. Okay, now, the, okay, now here's the here's the thing that I that uh, I'm I'm talking about genetic drift. When you talk about genetic drift, genetic drift basically means that what the rootstock is would be attributing to the plant that's growing off it. However, there's no 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 founding in that. Basically, what it says is every single cutting you attach, every graft you attach would be its own plant. So it wouldn't matter what the rootstock is, just that the rootstock itself is healthier than any of the combined plants. Yeah. And that's what they do with tomatoes. You take a weak uh, 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 
Ah, damn. Uh, heirloom. You take a weak heirloom cultivar that is like the best tomatoes you ever had in your life, but you only get 12. Yeah. And then you attach it to a, like a beefsteak, crazy, you know, hybrid root stock. And they do it when they're, like I said, when they're fairly young. And, and then it grows up in the root stock does not affect what grows out of that rootstock is that heirloom tomato and it's already proven. So I don't see how it'd be any different with cannabis, the miracle plant, like big tomatoes and cannabis miracle. Plant. Okay. Here, here's the only difference that we come across Roger is that uh, there we go. if, if you're talking about putting two plants on one rootstock, you're not talking about this is where we differ because if we were just putting using just the rootstock as a donor to grow one different plant then it would be hey which is the best rootstock to grow this one different plant however we're talking about growing four or five different strains off of the one rootstock so at that point we're not dealing with the same animal we're dealing with a different animal if we started, if we started that early, we'd still have to graft different grafts to the other plant as we went. Well, yes, but wouldn't it be the strongest base stock that you wanted to start with? Well, you want the strongest base stock to well, start. That's with. what I said. I, I, yeah, that's what I yeah. But you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to clip that strong base stock right at the hop and start another strain on it. Oh, oh, well, okay. Well, maybe clipping something wasn't the right way to go about what I said. I've just had a, another idea of a way to do it by one, uh, well, by creating different areas of the plant. So that, that was my own thoughts, but you're saying who, you still, who, who knows? Maybe that would work. Maybe that would work nice to, to have a plant that is different layers of different strains going up vertical. However, when I look at it, I always think of it as an LST type of thing where I'm growing horizontal across the plant and that in this area the plant oh. I look at it like I'm growing a scrog and I've got I've got a main line I've got a main right. plant and each main line is a different plant not not looking at it as the main stock and from there okay. off as I get higher you know what I'm saying that was, yes exactly that was something that you were saying earlier and then um, we had uh, you know Steve and other panelists asking questions about what you're thinking about but we just we just teetered on the edge of that earlier actually what you were talking about like you do a scrog with a plant yeah and then you reveg it and then you'll have different arms of the plant spread out throughout That's the screen right. and then you'll graft into different areas on different areas in your growth space on the screen and those will be dedicated to each different strain yes i could you could do it that way or you could you could do it that way or you could mainline a plant right off the hop i'm sure most yeah. most people on this forum have an idea of, or on this site would have an idea of what mainlining is uh dividing your topping your plant right off the hop training two different main colas then training topping a second time defoliating training another two uh, colas off of each of those two colas, turning it, your plant basically into an octopus right off the hop. Uh, and you could do this from a veg state. There's no reason you couldn't graft from a, a veg state. But uh, for my purposes, I'm going, it would take me too much time to or too much space. There's a lot of sugar you have to transfer down. That's a lot of cutting in, isn't there? Uh, yeah, there would be a lot of cutting in. 
Cool. And and that's where it's where it is nice to have the plant in veg. That's where it's really nice to have the plant in veg. My, it, my it'll work my, either way. Yeah, it'll work either way. It'll, it'll work, either, work way. either way. And like it's just like any way you want to scrog or monster crop, whatever you want to do to the plant, it's gonna do it because cannabis is the greatest plant choice. ever ever in it's the gonna, world it's gonna grow it's, in spite of us you, you can't yeah. screw it up no matter what it's you do almost you have to really try you have to dump a bunch of salt on it to kill it i'm telling yeah you. yeah the worst case scenario you lose you lose one of the cuttings you put on it and i mean uh most people oh, yeah, well, the graft doesn't take yeah. yeah the graft doesn't take and then it, it's just a dead limb like a dead leaf you pull it off and cut a new one but uh, see, I'm see, in so my glad, case, I'm so glad you have some space to do that. That's awesome. You see, and that's my thing is I go, okay, I'd like to be able to use the plant that I'm going to harvest for this because then I don't have to spend three or four months training a plant to redo, to do this. Yeah. I, yeah. when I can go, Hey, I've got this perfect root system here. I know it's a good root system because I just flowered it out. I got healthy plants see. coming off it. Why not? Let's try it. I don't see any reason why, it, you know, like you said, with the re-veg process and since you're doing grafting and the plant's alive, really it's not about re-vegging the plant itself. It's about keeping it alive and using this big stem system you've already got uh, trained and tied into your scrog. Yes. Right? And the only thing is if I defoliated you the plant. Into it, you grafted into it. It's alive. You, you don't even have to allow the rest of it to grow anymore. But, see, I'm, I'm sad that Marty's gone because I know he likes this kind of, you know, uh, Frankenstein stuff. But, you know, and again, I'd like to hear from Steve more. But I think that's what people were missing at first, that you've got it, a spread out system already. And you just want to now add plants, you know, and, and graft them in along the stem system. And re-vegging won't make any difference. Whether it's in veg, oh, whether or not. it's in veg or not, the only nice right. thing is if I reverted to veg, I still have. Okay, so we're we're still talking about the plant still is uptaking nutrients and still directing nutrients up at stems and and doing all of that. Right. Now, if I completely defoliated that plant, it has no signal to do any of that. So gravity is just going to take place and pull all the water down. I agree. So I agree. To me, I I have to I have to so leave. I leave so a good chunk of my foliage and I revert and then I attach. So what are your thoughts on schwazing then? Uh, oh, I think I discussed schwazing with Latewood a while back. I yeah. I haven't tried it. I haven't tried there it. There you go. Good answer. I've seen some interesting results, but to me it, it scares the shit out of me. But then again, to be honest with you, so did super cropping the first time. So, but swazing would have nothing, you know, wouldn't ha help at all to swaze a plant to, in order to try to do this grafting method. I don't think. I mean, it's a, you know, it, it's a. No, I, I think the reason is we're lead, alluding to uh, swazing here is because it's the nutrient uptake, having the foliage to still bring up the nutrients. Right. Well, and, and when, you're, when you're swazing, at least you still have the buds themselves still have all the sugar leaves to pull up the nutrients. The well, see, I believe in having well, I've seen, yeah, I've okay. seen people schwaze even in veg. Like look at the guys from Threolite. They schwaze three times over the course yeah. of their plant growth. Yeah. And um, well, they they do say anytime you stress a plant, its response is to grow. So <laughs> 
and it it tends to be the case anytime you damage a plant it grows stronger in those places it, it either grows stronger or it dies one or the other well it's, when you start chopping off foliage though I, I i personally i'm still on the edge on this because i yeah and again we're well, nobody's arguing one way one way is right or wrong defoliate. you should definitely defoliate well, not as much as swazing. I don't think you should. I'm not going to start swazing my plants. Well, well for example. I don't see any scientific proof of my eyes watching grows where cutting all that. All it does to me is stress and take yield away from the plant because it's, you know, to me, I can create a lot more yield without doing all that to my plant. And until I see different. Well, I'm not, like but here's a question. Here's a question. Do you do you strip all the fan leaves at the end of flower? Like no. like the last week or two? No. No. Oh. Oh, so I, I do. allow my fan like Donald's talking about. I I allow my see. I believe that the fan leaves draw up and allow the photosynthesis to keep continue to happening on a healthy nature and i wish my damn video shit hadn't messed up tonight because i was going to show you how well my method works and how beautiful and how the buds are just stacking up to be i didn't cut all of it out and i'm getting all kinds of extra because of just doing a few different simple things so i'm still not all about i don't believe in chopping up my plants I'm doing more chopping on my plants now in order to experiment, in order to be having this conversation like we are right now. And even with super cropping. Here's another question. Am, How often are you topping? Okay. How often are you topping? I don't top my plants in general. These what? were clones. So these were clones. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't top. I don't. I hardly top my plants. I, I super crop different limbs as I see crazy, plants. and then it creates it creates a canopy in its own for buds. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, see, I, I top. I top. I top every three to five days. <laughs> yeah, well, every three days, preferably, and then uh, I strip all my plants the last ten days of their life. Strip I, all the fan yeah, I, I don't tend to strip because I like the fan leaves to, to encourage my plants to flush on their own. Because well, I'm still using chemical newts, right? If, uh, I was, okay. if I was growing or, organically or if I was growing aquaponically, oh. I might not have to flush. But to me, I need those last weeks to flush. I usually spend 10 days to two weeks flushing <clears throat> and running RO water, but I need my plant to drink it to flush to, to process just pure water to flush i don't want it completely defoliated and, and if i do defoliate then i'm not bringing up enough liquids that's that's just my take on it anyway i grew i grew like that too i i like the fish thing better at this point well i don't have the space for it that's yeah it's one of those things. I, I either have space to grow, I, and I'm and I'm growing in a less than legal place, and I am growing less than legal. Uh, so, to to me, how I, I would have to keep my fish tanks indoor, which would take me about as much space as I choose to keep my plants in. So, it halves my space. And I mean, I'm all for experimentation. I have 
I run a three light. I run a three light rotation. So to me, you honestly need the cover of legality. Yes, you really do. Because to do it right, to do it properly and respectfully to the environment. Yeah, we need to keep up with the political stuff. You really do need the cover of legality. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, it ain't legal in my country yet. So. So when I'm growing less than legal, I don't want to draw more attention by having double the water consumption. And in order to have fish, I have to keep them warm too. I think I mentioned at the start that I that my lights are my only heat source to yeah. heat my grow space. Yes, yeah, of, fish, of the fish would actually give you less water consumption. Well, they, may, they might give me less. They might give me less water consumption. But they still require that I heat their space too, and then I'm then I'm consuming more power on top of. There it. are different species. Uh, I'm not an expert on this. I just uh, listen to somebody who like has educated me a lot on this. Look, if you lived in Canada where it was colder than shit, then you would then you would understand that he can't have fish and try to heat. No, them no, up. sure you can. What you do is. You know those uh, hippie-style water heaters, the water <laughs> ones you put on the roof? You yeah. put them up, and, and then you, you plumb your water through that on a closed loop recirculating with glycol. I, obviously, it might not work for your particular situation, but I've grown in Colorado at negative 30 Fahrenheit um, all through the winter at 72, 70 to 72 yeah. in the greenhouse during the day, so there was no problem. And, and see, I play, I'm playing along a the illegal cases or the the less than legal category we'll put it that way so for me in order to do that now i all of a sudden need to purchase fish have another area specifically for yep. the fish uh as it sits right now i don't grow in my house because i can play the gray zone and the gray zone is right. really right. simple if i grow in my house the government has the right to to classify my house as a grow house from that point on so when I when I, I can't resell my home without saying that yes marijuana was grown in here and if you say that when you go to sell your house or when you in Canada in particular they go okay now there's mold issues now there's this now there's that now you have to have somebody come in and re basically gut your house and say that it's it's never had mold or mildew issues it's never had this and it's never had that and guess what? Regular houses have that shit anyway. And and it's an automatic loss of on my property value. So for me, I would have to build a whole separate area just for my fish, which I would have to keep warm separately. And yeah, I, I've I've looked at the whole concept of recirculating yeah. water heaters and and using solar energy for that. But you can't do that. You can't do that and then get shooed down. Because yeah. the city has a hard on for you. Yeah. And, and then to do that, I also, to do something like that, now I've doubled my space. Now I have to ask the city for permits. Now I have to have the city come in and inspect to say that, yes, you can do this. And it's it's no different. I mean, the only fish that we that would probably make the winters out here are trout. Trout. Is and let's not forget, our friend here is a known, allegedly, Yes. So pressuring yeah. I, him I, I, to do something out of his comfort zone isn't very friendly on our part. I'm, I'm exploring. I love his thinking. I, I there's like aspects of this I've, I've never considered that that he's uh, opened me up to. 
And so I'm just teasing them out for uh, different ideas growing other things. Oh, yeah. no, and I, I have no problem with the whole concept of growing organically. I've debated going organic, and my thing has always been the less yield. And see, my entire growth space runs at 1,000 watts. My entire growth space. I'm, I have a 16 by 10 space that is right now outside in minus 20 Celsius and sitting at a thousand watts, watts heating itself, Dude, heating rock. itself. And this, and this is, uh, <laughs> it's doing, this manages awesome. four, se four separate areas. I mean, I have a mother space, I have two flowering spaces and one main veg space. And, and like totally sealed insulated. Totally sealed, insulated. Yeah. The whole to, nine yards. To spread but, a thousand watts over that, yeah. And I recirculate I recirculate my exhaust to reheat the area and it all goes into an exit how chamber. Many, how many square feet again? Uh it's sixteen by hundred and sixty square feet. What? So and then in that hundred and sixty square feet Roughly a third of it is open floor space for work area, and the rest is all behind cabinets and behind doors. 120, right? Yeah, maybe so, yeah. maybe 120 or 100 square feet. Yeah, so he's got three or four different dedicated spaces that are all heated, so it all kind of just works that, out as a place with heat. Well, well, what it well, well what it does is yeah, my entire cool. my exhaust pulls off of all all four of my grow spaces. Right, and the exhaust recirculate there too. I recycled. No, I haven't gone to that point. I have a dog that lives in there. <laughs> that's my CO two generator. No, that's brilliant. We we grew meat. We we were brewing meat under the veg table. No, that's brilliant, sir. Yeah, <laughs> it's excellent, actually. I love it. And it and the whole system is designed to recycle heat. So every bit of yeah. heat that all my lights produce, and you got all the dog farts. That's that's heat too. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, of course my dog doesn't get right beside my plants, but uh, yeah, she has a runway in there where she's allowed to go into, and and it's no different. All my ballasts, I recycle the heat off my ballasts, everything else. And I, during the you war, are Canadian, aren't you? Oh, during this. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah, well, if they don't find you handsome, they got to at least find you handy, right? That looks crazy. But no, it's it's different how I have, and and that's it. I mean, I spent since last year. I I started off in my basement, and I went okay, not out of my basement. I don't. Yeah, sure as shit, as soon as I had my basement grow set up, I got a notice in the mail. Hey, uh, your insurance company wants to inspect your house. Yeah, and so as soon as that comes, oh yeah, well, it'll be just my luck. These guys are going to come crawl in my basement and see my grow area down here, which I was using running on 1,200 watts, but running more wattage than I am running now. Uh, then I got moved everything from there into an old barn building that I had at the yard, which was falling apart. Uh, more than a few minus 14, 15 Fahrenheit days. And I have my plants growing in 50 degrees Fahrenheit. They still managed to grow. From there, I went from uh, using the four, I was running three, 400 watts at that point in time. I went to, uh, I went to light emitting ceramics or uh, ceramic metal halides. 
and I've, I've loved them ever since. I built the shed specifically for growing. Uh, it's eight inch thick walls, double insulated, R36 in the ceiling, sided, the whole nine yards. It's so you're halfway between breeding acres and ice road truckers, huh? Yep, yep, pretty much. <laughs> You know what? What I what I what, what I've just found. Uh, you know, I, I'll share that I, I was just recently experimenting with using my metal halides and all, and I've got excellent results from them. But I felt the yield was suffering a lot, and so on this girl, I still started out with them, and I still felt like I was not getting the production and the hybrid activity that I'd like to see. And I switched out last week to my high pressure sodium and those some bitches went eight shit and and that's why i wanted i so much wanted to share a couple pictures with you guys tonight technical difficulties ruined that for me but i definitely definitely feel like you need some of that red spectrum in well your, at least mid flower once you get the mid flower once you got the flower set going and you got it all tight because of the metal halide you zap at least what I'm getting now, and I've been doing a really. <coughs> I, I have a benchmark situation going on where I have been doing the same thing over and over and over, with different variables where I can recognize what's going on. So I still understand why you're doing what you're doing, and I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying, as another thing for you growers out there, I just wanted to throw an alternative idea that. Once getting it such a tight set, but go ahead. You wanted to say something. I heard. Oh no, I think you and I were discussing that a while ago, and what I suggested was that uh, if you ran the HPS during the first part, and then your metal halide during the last after your five weeks, once your butts are set, you, you you'd still get that compact growth, and you'd bring out more terpenes just because of the fact that you're hitting them with more UV as opposed to light intensity or lumen lux um but yeah i, I could totally see that because my, i get i get extremely dense plants they don't stretch all that much off my lecs right, right. but they don't they don't yield the same as when i was growing with hbs they they don't but it's also a 300 watt light as opposed to a 600 or a, or a 400 i think there's a different taste there is, there is, there's a, it's and a, what do, you, what do you think about the way the plant goes through all the fall colors instead well, of just yellowing out? It doesn't, and that's the fun part about it is they actually go through all the colors. And the neatest thing I've mentioned, sure. uh, I've noticed with the LECs, is my plant will stay green. If I don't defoliate underneath my canopy, my plant will still stay green under the canopy. Yep. It's bizarre how green the plants will stay. And how healthy they'll stay all the way through. Um, and and for me to get the fall colors is no problem at all. I just speed up the fan a little bit. And I've got cold area anytime I want. It. <laughs> See, I, I only ever really grew like three strains in my main line yeah. all the time I grew, and so I got to know them pretty well. And it was very very enlightening to put them under the. Uh, the, the, the LECs because I saw Wait. those plants do something I had not seen them do in the previous four years. Yes. 
They're way, it's like, way whoa. different. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's the same thing. You can't, you can't expect a big yield increase because you're not, you're not upping the watts and you're not upping the lights. All you're yeah, doing is upping the UV yield. and upping the, you get a different yield. Your, you your density is different. different. I think it's worth a different dollar. Personally. Yeah. Personally. Alrighty, well, it's getting a little late. Jeez, uh, you guys want to wrap the show up here? Oh, sure. Yeah, brother, we can. I'm, yeah, we can. Yeah, we we was going through it there. That was. I'm good. I'm good. I thought we had a you know very nice conversation tonight. You know, touched again awesome. on the awesome guest. Wow, yeah. I'm so excited yeah. to have been here. No, well, that was great. I definitely haven't had a guest talk about that yet. That was really cool. Yeah, Especially with the grafting. What a oh, neat idea! Yeah, it was an honor to get invited, guys. I, I, of it. I was sh I was shocked to get the call tonight, but uh, I, Roger and I had discussed it in the past, and there's there's still lots of my history I won't get into. But <laughs> fair enough. Fair no, there's enough. lots of. It's always cool to get different people on, so we get different ideas. Yeah. You know, and 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 exposed to you know, like I said, new ideas. And and like I, I was saying, that was. That's the whole idea of us communicating, period. So many years growing was in the dark, and unless you knew each other personally, you didn't share secrets, you didn't talk growing tips. Yeah. So so this is just, uh, it's, mm -hmm. it's an amazing way to think about growing nowadays. Yep. So... So we'll we'll we're gonna go through a you know like a where everybody's you know what we're doing because uh, we're only a few of us couple of us left but you we go off air in a minute uh, Ray so you can go oh, up and hang out until we go off air you know I was gonna say we're not gonna be too long what what are you yeah. up to Roger and well then tell people how they find you when you're done so that we'll, we'll cover two birds one stone. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you right now. I'm, you know, I, I run. A, I'm the administrator for I Love Growing Marijuana dot com, uh, one of the um, premier uh, cannabis forums, the most friendly and knowledgeable. Uh, you can come there and have a, have an interesting and nice time and get and share knowledge or or get help without being ridiculed. And uh, we got great genetics and some great other products. So uh, we, you know, got some really nice nutrients and. Uh, um, organic nutrients and powder nutrients uh but uh my, what i'm doing is i'm i'm very getting very close to having uh something i've been i dreamed up but two or three or four years ago and with all my friends here uh, knowing uh that they'll you know uh the information highway is open I'm uh, back diligently working on my telecommunications network uh, for the cannabis industry internationally. I'm gonna I'm gonna set up a hub for all of us to come together, uh, where we won't necessarily have to use those other big conglomerate uh, websites in order to get together and have the kind of communication we have here on uh, Growing with Fishes podcast. I'd like to see a bigger community grow out of this, and and I'm building it. I am it. I am I'm a blind old man, but I'm trying to figure out how to. Um, I'm 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 real. I, I've actually dedicated myself as much as hard as it's going to be. I'm I'm going to I'm going to get back into coding. I'm going to learn API. Uh, even though I can hire somebody, 
I want to finish building my website and communication network myself. So I'm basically putting myself through college every day right now on online, um, n learning every in, in and out about that. And I've got the proper tools, so we're going to do it. And, and, um, and I thank the, myself, uh, uh, not myself, but all the guys on the staff at ILGM for, uh, being able to hang in there and take care of things. And it, it allows me to market the website and, and market our future and uh, to build this kind of thing. And uh, to be part of this podcast every week is amazing. And, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm somewhat of a depressed, you know, um, soul. So it's, it's nice to get out and talk with like-minded individuals with some, what, uh, the, uh, somewhat I consider fairly intelligent. <laughs> Actually, very intelligent. In case anybody didn't comprehend that, because they're too intelligent to you know, understand humor, you know. But um, well, I love y'all, so I'll give it away. And uh, there you go. You asked me to start. There, I'm done. I'll try to be done. <laughs> what about you, uh, Tommy? Hey, uh, I'm back down in Southern California. Going to hang with the fam, family uh, for the holidays here. That's pretty exciting. Um, California for the holidays is like every once in a while you'll see a a suburban with uh, reindeer antlers on it and a, and a big red nose. Otherwise, you wouldn't actually know it's the holidays down here. There's no snow. Oh, and the no chicks cars. with the reindeer boobs. Well, reindeer, I have noticed those, but who wouldn't? Um, so, yeah, just kind of been hanging out here. Uh, really excited to get back, spend some time with my sweetheart. We're going to spend some uh, Christmas time together. That's pretty exciting. Really uh, enjoying uh, the different communities I'm in, you know, family communities, growing communities here. I'm involved in business community stuff. And... I just find myself at the time, this time of the holiday season going like, oh, it's pretty awesome rather than uh, being all involved in all the major shopping stuff and all that kind of stuff. I find this time of year is uh, much better spent with people like I've spent it here and uh, really glad to have been here tonight. And oh, my uh, YouTube channel, if, if you absolutely must, is uh, Old Fart Bros. I've not been keeping up with it. But it's there if you no need part. It. here if you, if you need me. <laughs> All right. You guys can check us both out over at uh, puritymedicinals.com. Um, if anyone has any questions, you know, you can always email me at potentponics at gmail.com. Uh, you can check me at YouTube channel out at potentponics. One of these days, I'll get around to putting more content up there than the podcast. Lately, I've been so damn busy with work, with licensing and paperwork and... Humans. Humans and... Humans. Whoa. Traveling and just fucking everything, really, related to getting a new company off the ground. So I haven't had time to scratch my own ass, but I had to make some of the videos that I have lined up and scripted, so... We'll get to that soon. Anyways, uh, it's getting a little late. I want to get out of here. So uh, I'll, let, uh, I'll let you guys go, and uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and take care. Good night. Peace out. Love, everybody. Oh.
We'll mention, uh, we'll mention uh, Fish Ganja Guy was with us a little bit earlier. He's Fish Ganja Guy on YouTube. And Marty was also with us. He's uh, AP Meds on YouTube as well. Brain Grow was with us earlier. Oh, yes, and Brain Grow, B-R-A-Y-N-E underscore G-R-O. Uh, and we want to thank Donald J. from I Love Growing Marijuana to sp and, a, and a member of Canada, native, uh, from to come yep. out here and explain all of his um, techniques and ideas tonight and he was a great guest and very well spoken I must say yep thanks a lot all right we'll catch you guys next week oh and uh, have a good Christmas uh, just occurred to me that uh, Chris this is the last episode for Christmas so if you celebrate Christmas have a good Christmas cheers <laughs>